Oh boy, ladies and gentlemen, hopefully I sound okay, hopefully Jeff and Panic sound okay, hopefully nothing else possibly explodes, because we finally made it after fighting Windows, but sometimes you just gotta beat Windows into submission. Sometimes you just gotta beat Windows into submission. I'll do that for you, Panic, hopefully that solves the problem, there we go, everything's okay. Nothing is on fire, though we do have that trash can fire, dumpster fire remote now. Oh, we got it. So we're ready. Oh yeah, we we got got it. it. We got it. We made it. We made it. We made it. Ladies and gentlemen, this is... uh, And for those of you on streaming, let me know if I'm too loud compared to the other two gentlemen because it was happening last week. This is Technical Alpha, episode 8 on this wonderful Friday, May the 5th. 2017 we have passed may the 4th but of course the you know the the return of the 5th it's just star wars for 48 straight hours you can't escape it on the internet you just get 48 straight hours of star wars and so in the spirit of 48 hours of straight star wars mr maximus black yeah, hit me up hours. with the sound of finding out darth vader's your father Luke, I am your father. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Well done. Yes. Well done. I liked it. That was 10 out of 10. Thank you. I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you 10 out of 10 on that one. Yeah. What about Revenge of the Sixth, Adam? Is that really you a said thing? Forty-eight hours. Because it's 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 May the fourth, then Cinco de Mayo, then Revenge of the Sixth. When you are hungover, uh, panic. I see you've turned on your your delay when you don't have to because we are beautifully dubbed right now. <laughs> <laughs> One moment. Ah, it's the glory of, of it's the glory of technology. You know what, gentlemen? Someday this podcast is going to make us so much money. We're all going to we're all going to move to Tijuana together, and we're just going to record this podcast in one room. Speaking of money, Beastall. Speaking of <laughs> wherever he is on the planet right now, that guy dropped the thousand dollar pledge. I need everybody in this chat to give Get me a mouse one time. Say thank you to Beastall. If you're listening to this on YouTube. Give a six-star rating on iTunes. Whatever you got to do. Shit was crazy. So thank you so much. I yeah, woke up and I had a medium stroke. Thank you, Beastall. A medium stroke? Medium. Just a medium one. Okay. It wasn't a small one. It was a little it was above a small one. A small. We, did, we didn't go, you know, huge stroke because then you wouldn't be here. Yeah, be, exactly. Be game over. <laughs> game, game over. Uh, yeah, so we've, uh, we've got a stunning lineup today of topics uh, and by that i mean we really just toss some stuff together because this week has been slow snail pace for how Adam slow and I spent it has been an hour last night trying to figure out what to talk about today and yeah. also do i still look i, I, I started using websites i haven't used in a long time digging deep for some news stories and then everybody was saying the same it's, thing it's like shit's dry yo <laughs> there's nothing we, we at got, the well we got some we got some stuff and we can we, we can do always turn to some tech support look, you know Look, man, I could have, I could have, we could talk about anything for two hours, literally. So I'm not too worried about it. And so, you know what? One we'll, day, we'll I think stuff. what we should do, I think what we should do one day, maybe, maybe on like our, uh, like our, uh, 
like our 50th episode or something, we'll get we'll get the Patreons to decide a completely random topic that we have to somehow come up with the ability to talk about for like a long period of time and see just how good we are at stretching that out for as long as we can. I think that would be fun. But today, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to be covering uh, the fine topics of IRL on Twitch TV, the in real life uh, channel that has uh, come to pass, uh, and whether or not we think it's a good idea, how we feel about it in general, uh, and just have a little a little powwow about that whole thing. We're also going to talk about some Overwatch, uh, the Video Game Hall of Fame, Avatar movies, and the million of them that are forthcoming just by the time we have grandchildren, and, uh, and other movie stuff like games as movies. How do they turn out? And what, mm. do, what have we liked in that sphere? In the past, and so we're gonna have uh, a little bit uh, uh, to talk about in that regard. So I'm pretty, I'm, I'm okay with these topics. I think we're good boys. Oh, the topics are good. I think we can. Yeah, are good. we might actually we have a two-hour podcast today, which is it's you know, it's entirely. But that's a that's probably don't a jinx lot. it. We're we're gonna probably find a way it. to drag that out. But uh, but yeah, let's let's kick it. Let's let's kick right into it and talk a little bit about uh, IRL. On whoa, Twitch. Whoa, whoa, so, whoa, whoa, bro, 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 bro. What? Host, host. What? what? We did something really important today, man. Well, if you want to talk about that right now, we could talk about that right now. I didn't. Well, I, I don't f- know if you want to talk about that right now. I, I feel as though the people that are listening right talk now about is it. probably maximum okay. viewers. All right, you I know what? The okay, you know what? The podcast goes on, the more people are dropping out. You know what? So let's just give you it go to for it. it then. You go. The floor right, is yours. I'm, I'm there. I'm, I'm there. Giving, I'm, I'm giving there. it to you. All right, Adam. Adam came over my place today, um, and we recorded two episodes of Lag TV versus Retro. So, for all those people that were in love with the Lag TV versus that we did before, we did like Mario Kart sixty four, um, that weird Chinoki game. What was that called, Adam? Uh, uh, something, something Japanese with dicks. Yeah, uh, we did a bunch of games. We did Gunstar Heroes. We did. Um, what other games did we do? Oh, he's eating cookies. We did a whole bunch of games. Uh, and of course, you know, we did like full playthroughs, but the the verses, a lot of people in the Light TV community like them, and we decided we're going to get together uh, and record a couple of episodes a month, and then depending on how well that does, that may get ramped up. But today, we managed to pull two games. Uh, for those that don't know how it works, uh, Adam goes... Closes his eyes, gets blindfolded, whatever. Walks over to the wall of retro. We bring the webcam right over there. He just reaches, he grabs a game, no idea what it is, and we play it. Uh, And then after the second game, I'm the one who grabs the game, and then we play it. Today we pulled uh, Tasmania, the Tasmania (laughs) Devil game for Super Nintendo. Uh, And we also got the football game, Super... It was... Super play action football. Oh my god! What system was that for? Super Nintendo. Both we did two Super, Super Nintendo, Nintendo today. Oh god. Uh, so we were, yep. our theme was Super Nintendo. Uh, really funny stuff. Uh, it gets really good. If you guys are <laughs> interested good. in watching it, uh, Adam will have it. Uh, he should have a teaser up tomorrow, um, mm-hmm. showing you guys little clips and stuff on the YouTube channel, so you can watch that, kind of get a feel for it. Uh, good news: if you are a Patreon, five dollars or higher. 
you will automatically get the video. It will be released via Patreon. Yep. There will be a link there. You can watch it. You can leave comments. Yay. You can still interact with all the Patreoners out there. Uh, and if you're not a Patreoner, well, I'm sorry. You don't get to watch the content. I'm, I'm, I'm terribly sorry. Um, <laughs> I, I we, we talk about we talk a little bit why it's behind a, a paywall. Uh, we're not going to get into it here. We want to get into the podcast, but um, there are reasons for it. Uh, just very quickly, it is to help support the Patreon and the content that Adam and I do. Uh, so even if you're not into the Technical Alpha podcast, you can still go there, uh, do $5 or higher if you appreciate, you want to watch the content, and then uh, you'll have access to that. Right now, you're going to get two full uh, videos uh, a month, and then as we start to get certain stretch goals, we're going to ramp that up. But uh, really yep. good start. We're going to chuck out teasers every single time we record a session. So you guys will be able to kind of see what games we're playing. And if it interests you that month, maybe you can go in for a month. Or if you don't like it, maybe you you know do whatever you want. Uh, but the content will be available for those that are already $5 or higher. Um, so, yeah, it's as simple as if you're a dollar, you can move up to 5 and vice versa or, or whatever. But it's all there. It's good. You guys should definitely check it out. And it's a great way to support, and we appreciate it. That's it. There you go. You've got the dirt. You got the dirty, dirty down low, uh, right off the rip. Yeah, I'm, uh, it was fun. It was. It was definitely fun today. You guys are going to probably like get it. quite a kick out of the first two <laughs> games. That was just madness today. Uh, so sorry if I have crazy indigestion because I got home and I've never eaten a foot long faster than that. If you know what I'm saying. Mm. I literally got home at like 8.30 and I have to get this live at 8.40 and I still had to do Photoshop work before. So we ate a little fast, uh, but that's okay. We're here. I'm full. It's time to talk about IRL Twitch. Mm. Let's go. So, gentlemen, this came up... Um, when did they introduce IRL? It wasn't even that long ago. We're talking on no, the order of like a couple of months, Yep. right? Uh, and this was, uh, you know, a follow-up, if you will, to, um, the art stuff, the creative side uh, of things. And I think the natural progression watching it from the outside anyway, cause I wasn't really part of that whole thing, which is almost run by probably an entirely different small section of Twitch's team, um, in general, the creatives, the creative side started, people started getting creative with the creative tag, if you will, where they started saying, okay, well, where can we draw the line here? Is food creative? Um, you know, can I do a cooking stream? Is that still considered creative? Can I do um, Can I do a workout stream? Can I, uh, you know, I have a gym in my home. Can I do, you know, the, this, you know, these kind of exercise streams, things of that nature. And then I think at some point Twitch said, you know what, we should probably just make IRL uh, and call it a day. And so here we are. Um, and I won't, I won't say, I won't say what my thoughts are on it first. I'll let you guys talk about it. Um, so let's, let's see what, what picnic, what do you, what do you think about IRL? What do, what are your thoughts on it? And do you think it's a good thing? Is it a good direction for Twitch? Like, is, or, or what? Does it hurt it at all? Or, or is it just kind of whatever? Um, I don't think it hurts Twitch. Um, and I'm, I'm for Twitch as an entity, I think IRL streaming is really good. But for the streamer, I'm actually really against it. I'm not. I'm not a huge fan of it. Um, one, it kind of dilutes the brand um, from a streamer perspective of what Twitch is. You know, Twitch used to be, a, a, you know, it's meant to be gaming content, but they've been moving away from that. They've been reverting back to the Justin TV mindset 
from what they had before. Um, but personally for me also, I, I think it kind of throws a huge skew in the work-life balance that streamers are already having a lot of trouble maintaining. Um, um, you know, a lot of streamers, you know, they want to do their work, you know, hours where they'll stream, they'll do their content. But now with IRL, you know, they, they're feeling more compelled to engage with their audience on a much more regular and much more continuous basis. Um, and it kind of makes it a lot harder for them to kind of differentiate um, you know, when they should be taking time off and, you know, not being in front of a camera, not broadcasting themselves. Um, I have a lot of other things I want to say about it, but I'll, I'll, I'll lead off with that and then pass it off to Jeff and you because you guys are the actual content producers, so I'm curious what you guys well, have to Well, keep think. going, Panic. Keep going. Oh, keep going. Right. Finish your thoughts. Uh, <laughs> well, that there. finishes that set of thoughts. Um, my, other, my other side of it was um, just on the basis of what I've seen on a lot of the IRL streamers, um, Especially with the addition of bits, Twitch is looking like a lot of other sites um, that use things like tokens and other uh, other functions. Um, and Twitch has kind of not been enforcing a lot of their um, content, you know, guidelines that they do on the um, you know normal content on the IRL streams. And I've definitely seen some interesting IRL streams. Um, but yeah, um, not a huge fan in general. Um, while it's nice for Twitch, um, I feel like it just dilutes everything that's coming out. Yeah, um, I, I'm I'm I would say seventy percent against it and thirty percent for it. Uh, here here are my things, um, and as a content provider too, I think that the IRL streams in general are very lazy. I think about ninety five percent of them, uh, it doesn't it doesn't uh, for the most part there is no real creativity. Um, a lot of the time, it's an excuse for a streamer to turn on the webcam and sit there and say, I'm having an IRL stream and that's the show. Um, and more specifically, it's a lot of cam girls uh, that'll sit there in their low cut shirts and all the power to them. I mean, that's just a totally different discussion. I have nothing against girls uh, using their bodies or whatever um, to attract the demographic that is there to I'd pay probably them. do it. Um, I know I would do it hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. Um, so I can't really blame them for that. Uh, but I feel as though the section is 80% a cesspool of girls cosplaying, or if they get a certain amount of donation money, they'll turn into an overwatch cosplay thing. Um, you know, I've seen them as blatant as cooking shows where they're bending over stoves and things like that and low cut booty shorts and you know what? I'm all for making your money. Oops, Go. I dropped my spatula. <laughs> wow, you sound really robat <laughs> robotic right now. I don't know if that's uh oh, really? death right now. Have we already yeah. have we already fallen apart? Oh, yeah. Yep. Hey, you want to yeah. know the fun part? I sent I sent Zencaster that thing. You know what I heard back from them? We don't actually hear it sounding robotic over here. So uh, okay, well they're gonna uh, now. You want to elaborate? Uh, uh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Well then, because I am. Uh, messing this up at the moment. I'm going to have to do a refresh here, so I will be right back, which means you guys can't talk, so just sit there and look pretty for a moment. Just do your best. There you go.
And I'm back. Great. All right. So, uh, like I was saying, that that whole thing there, it's it just lacks creativity. Um, and listen, Twitch is going to make money. The streamers are going to make money. And I think that that's a good thing. I know that's a good thing. But I feel as though with IRL, it's going to become old. And I think IRL has an opportunity to be something very unique. Um, but the way that it's being promoted, it isn't very unique. Um, and that's just one of the bad things. The other bad thing is now you got guys that just got banned like Ice Poseidon for all of the SWAT calls and how he got swatted on an airplane and he's at the airport. People, you know, there there are certain uh, streamers that are just going anywhere and everywhere uh, with their cameras and live streaming. Um you know, it's it's a safety thing for the streamer itself. You know, there can be some crazy idiot that, you know, wants to do harm to somebody. Uh, I think it's only a matter of time before something serious really happens. And it's kind of scary. And then if there's guys like, you know, Ice Poseidon that kind of push the envelope uh, that really... You don't need to broadcast uh, everything all the time. It's stupid. Yeah, you kind of push the envelope. And although he didn't do anything against terms of service... Um, the the type of demographic that he streams to and, and, and the, the crazy things that he does, which is very entertaining. Um, I enjoy a lot of his content. When you put it into a real-world situation, it's, it's so unpredictable on what can happen. At least in your home, you know what's going down typically. You know, if you get your doors locked or whatever, sometimes, yeah, you may get swatted if you're that type of person or, or something like that. But, you know, that is out of the streamer's hands. But I think... Uh, it, it promotes some really extreme things uh, that can go down that people will do uh, for laughs. And I think that the IRL streams didn't come from the whole creative, like the creative side. Where it became a thing for sure was when Pokemon Go came out. And when Pokemon yep. Go came out and it was such a huge success, streamers were getting out. Streamers were losing weight because they're walking around so much, and everybody was happy-go-lucky. Everyone was catching Pokemon. The whole thing behind Pokemon Go was community-driven, getting out, exercising, seeing what other people were catching, going to posts, and saying hi to people. It was very social, very innocent, and nostalgic. But then they t- they've taken that model, and they just said, go. So you've got streamers that are driving their cars while streaming, uh, maybe not paying attention to the road. You've got, uh, you know, people going to airports and telling people, you know, what what terminal they're at and things like that. And then crazy shit goes down, uh, which makes headlines. And of course, you know, then next thing you know, it twitches in the news and, you know, there's bad press with that. Now, with that being said, I'm not against it. I'm not against IRL. In fact, um, the only reason why I don't do many of them is because here in Canada, our cell phone packages are insane. Uh, apparently, Gun Run is working on some kind of beta right now where Canadians uh, will be able to potentially soon. Uh, I don't know, you know how it works, but you'll be able to stream and use data and, and basically be capped or something uh, in terms of price. Uh, so that if I were to do IRL stream for eight hours, it probably cost me $400. Uh, So it's just not feasible for me unless I'm doing it in a place with Wi-Fi uh, that is strong enough to stream at a certain bit rate. So, yeah, I I would love to do certain things, but for me, it would be very specific. You know, if I'm going to do something like um, hit up a yard sale or, 
something unique. I just wouldn't take a camera with me and do a daily vlog, but just have the stream running the whole time. Um, I would, I personally would want to have some kind of purpose to it. Um, but with that being said, there are plenty of great IRL streams, people doing some really unique things. Um, it's, it's bringing on some other celebrities and, and, and personalities from different places to the website that have a fan base that's bringing it into Twitch, which is great. But on that note as well, before I hand it over to Adam, uh, I agree with what Panic said. I think they are reverting back to their roots of Justin TV, and I think if they wanted to do that, not only in terms of branding uh, to protect your brand, because like I said, eventually something bad's going to happen. We're going to see something bad happen, whether it's to a streamer or someone's going to have a camera on and they're going to witness something and thousands of people are going to see it um, or tens of thousands or millions of people. Um, I, th- I I think that it, it would have been best to keep the website a specific to gaming and maybe the creative side was was a nice touch because you're it's something creative. I find a lot of the IRL streams, there's no creativity there. Uh, which doesn't really add much value in terms of me as a viewer, but there are tens of thousands of people that uh, enjoy it. So I guess entertainment is entertainment to certain people, and as long as they can watch their favorite personalities do whatever, whether it's cooking or sitting there with a thumb up their ass or showing cleavage or at an airport terminal, they're going to show up to watch. So I'm just conflicted both sides, but I am for IRL. I just think they need to make some small tweaks and some boundaries, and I think they'll have a good thing on their hand if they play their cards right. Yeah, I'm, I'm a little, uh, I'm, I'm not. Yeah, you said you're seventy thirty. I don't even know if I have a percentage. I just like some things about it, and I, and I don't like some other things about it. the 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 idea of of Twitch going back to Justin TV is seems silly to me. Like I understand why I, I can understand you know the the pros for Twitch as a company doing it and and opening yep. up IRL like I can understand them, but for I guess for long for long term from a marketing perspective somebody who who did who did marketing from a marketing perspective this is like Panic said this is brand delusion like uh, you're deluding the hell out of yourself by just continuously branching away from your core product uh and pr- not just branching away from but actively promoting more than your core product um without adequately putting separation from the core product itself so just having by nature an IRL section on Twitch and a creative section on Twitch does not adequately separate it enough from the main product if you go on to the browse section creative and IRL just look like another game listed amongst all the other games so from from that perspective i don't really i don't really like it all that much um uh, and then i guess from the from the the idea of IRL streams in general like you were saying there's not a lot of creativity there i think some of that is just the newness of it is people are going to have to find a way to make it creative well, you know yeah. when when excuse me when Twitch first started up, I mean, and, and, and everybody was just people turning on the camera and playing games. It took a while before people really started hardcore differentiating themselves uh, from other streamers with, with you know, gimmicks and other things in order to make themselves more entertaining and more appealing to a different audience. So I'm sure that's going to happen, and it probably already is to a degree, just not on the widespread nature of, of how it's happened in other places uh, on the website. But the 
The thing I'm just concerned about is a little bit what Panic said. So from a streaming a streamer's perspective, it's already hard to want to pull yourself away from yeah. the live stream. Yeah. Jeff, you and I talked about this today, where you personally have just started recently finding some release, you know, just by living what most people would consider a fucking normal life, where you wake up and the first thing you do isn't go downstairs and immediately work for 14 hours. You go downstairs and you eat breakfast not in front of your computer. You then go and, like, listen to some shit at the, while you're at the gym and exercising and not being in front of your computer. And then you go home and you eat lunch not in front of the computer. And then you find you go downstairs and then you get to work and you go about your day, but you've actually gotten out of the house and lived a fucking life. Now, people are going to take that and probably go, well, shit. I can do that when I get home, but why don't I just record myself working out yeah. now? I just oh, go to hit it. up the gym and just put it on, and then and they can. It's cool. They're at, most of these people are adults to a degree, eighteen years or older, whatever. They're going to have to make their own decisions. But the fact of the matter is, uh, the more that this kind of stuff exists, there is a standard or a precedent that is set for what viewers expect from the streamers that they watch. And then if you don't fucking follow suit, then you get left in the dust and then you felt pressured to actually jump into there and do it, right? I've been asked just in the last two or three weeks, I've been asked a <laughs> half dozen times, Adam, when are you going to start doing an IRL stream for working out again? And I was like, never. <laughs> Probably Never, because I'll kill myself, because I'm already live for 8 to eight to 12 hours at a time, and if I decide that I'm going to do working out as well, I already never leave the damn house. Like, there's a camera on at all times, it's just crazy. But you know people are going to do it, and they're going to burn themselves out in, like, two years. They're going to be dead. They're going to have health problems, regardless if they're working out or not. So there's an aspect of that oh that's unfortunate. God, yeah. Um, oh, now you're gething out like crazy panic, so you get to drop out and come back in and do your whole thing. Also, your camera ah. keeps cutting in and out, and we're getting great free advertising for XSplit. <laughs> so, XSplit, hit us up with that collab again. Um, but oh, yeah, the, uh, the other thing is, is that when it comes to IRL streams, people are doing this out and among, among the public, right? Yes, most public places... You can freely record video, take pictures, and nobody has, you know, any recourse for, for the gist of it. But I just find it, as, as Twitch and live streaming gets bigger and bigger, I just find it that there's probably going to have to be some point where somebody goes, is this really okay that there are amongst in the streets a couple hundred people just walking around recording themselves and subsequently people around them just doing their daily, everyday fucking lives? Like... People already feel like they're being watched by by somebody all the time anyway. And then to have that kind of shit just on the internet and you have, there's no form that you signed. There's no anything. It's just a fucking lyric went for a walk and decided to just fucking show 200,000 people you bending over in the park, you know, to pick up dog shit. And then you don't have anything to say about it. Um, it just seems like it's it's maybe a, a bit a bit much. There are things for IRL that make sense. Um, if you only do IRL streams and you make that your, your thing. Uh, mm. but I, I, yeah, there's, there's too many, for me, there's too many downsides and, and there's even some downsides, like I said, in just the, the brand of Twitch that I think is yeah. a bit, is a bit much. I, You're diluting uh, the I'm, out of it. I'm right. Um, I couldn't I agree more with you, dude. 
What were you saying? I found Pat? a lot of streamers also. They've gotten they've gotten lazy with it too. Like what they'll do is they used to run their startup screen for a couple of minutes. Panic. Nope. Panic. Then they panic. would get in a stream panic. and they would panic. Yeah. panic. You're yes. still guessing. Uh, I need you to completely close out virtually all Chrome browser tabs. Restart the whole browser and come back in and try Technical it again. Alpha. I'm, I'm loving, I'm loving Zencaster today, buddy. Uh, we're, I'm we're loving him today. We're a hundred percent switching next week. I don't care. Well, if I need. They, I've been already, dude, no dude, dude, you we'll talking about that? Like this. I haven't already been looking. Yeah, we'll, we're gonna be discording, we'll be discording this, this next week, hundred percent. Um. But I, I'm I'm right there with you, and I and I, I had thought about that before, and it didn't come to me when I was on the here on the podcast about streamers feeling as though I may as well just stream me doing this. Um, it'll get to the point where we'll have somebody, some crazy guy that will get uber famous, that will be famous for streaming his life twenty four seven seven days a week, right? His his or yep. her. There'll be a guy well, Justin, or a gal from Justin come TV. Out. That'll go. Put a camera in this fucking room. That's it. He'll 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 camera up the whole house. You'll watch him sleep. He'll have he'll have donation sounds that'll wake him up at four o'clock in the morning. He'll he'll have a gym in his house. He'll have games he'll play. It'll be the whole thing, uh, and and it and it will happen. And and there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, you know that is entertaining. But at the same time, as a streamer, it. It already is hard enough for me to say no to not stream and to know that if I go to the gym and I have the camera on and I can gain some new followers, gain some new subs, get a donation or two, why not turn on my camera and why not make a living uh, showing my life? Because guess what? People actually want to see it. It's not like it's it's not like I'm I'm forcefully shoving this stuff down their throat. People want to see you do whatever. In fact, if I am not playing games and I'm upstairs sitting in my living room, hanging with the dog, doing a Q&A, that's usually some of the most personal and the most high-driven numbers you can receive because it's different than what you normally do and people want to see you in your everyday life and not just in the setting that they see you in 99.5% of the time. So I but definitely don't you want your see, privacy. Well, yeah, of of course you want your privacy. Um, but the thing is, as a streamer, most streamers they don't care about that. The only thing they care about is validation, money, making a living, and growing, and feeling as though you are uh, progressing in the world of Twitch. And and exactly what Adam said, it's gonna create a standard that if you're not available. Almost all of the time, you're just people are just going to go and be with somebody that they can rely on the moment that they're not doing something in their own personal life that you're going to be there to entertain them in some way, shape or form. So it is a dangerous thing. But once again, this isn't me. You know, there's probably somebody listening to the podcast and go, well, boo hoo, Jeff, like that is up to the streamer. That is and you're absolutely right. It's like. You know, the 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 arguments you make about legalizing marijuana, you know, oh, is it going to is it going to make or is it going to make it easier? Well, of course, it's going to make it easier. But is it going to is it a gateway drug? You know, are people just going to go and pick up a pack of weed and smoke it? And then next thing you know, what they're going to go into something else. I know that's a totally Black different conversation. But when you make it accessible and you make it so easy and everyone's doing it or whatever the case may be, not saying that it's a bad thing because it can work both ways. But if it's there, people are just going to do it. 
and the more people do it, uh, the the tougher it is going to be for somebody that just wants to stream normally um, and and feel as though they're part of the of the growth and and all that stuff if they're not available. So it is a dangerous, slippy, slippery slope. Um, and like what Adam said earlier, and I talked to him about that today, it feels good for me to wake up and not go to the computer. And for many years, and trust me, man, I, I'm not crying here. I've I've achieved a lot in my life. I, I'm very happy, you know, in, in almost every fa- area of my life. I I have I consider it to be a success. Um, you know, knock on wood that it, it keeps happening. But I'm not sitting here crying and bitching and complaining about the work that I had to put in. But I'm telling you now that what now that I've I, I've I've put it into perspective. I'm a little bit older. My body was deteriorating. My mind was deteriorating. My my prerogative, my my goals and everything were just so focused on on being available and entertaining, which is what you want to do. You want to submit yourself to to it fully and make all the sacrifices. It feels really good to not have to wake up and rush to the computer and and just stream all day long all night long while i'm sleeping everything else because three years ago if irl was a thing and i it, and i was able i would have been on i would have been that guy oh your whole life my Dude, house we live streamed your, we, we live streamed your wedding my wedding i mean i got married on stream you know <laughs> um, truman show full on so that was you know it, it, it's 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 one of those things where it's up to the streamer. I don't blame Twitch. We can't get mad at Twitch for for uh, for providing the service for people that want to take advantage of it. Uh, but it is it's just scary to think coming from a streamer and and from somebody that's just watching. They may not understand the psyche the the, the psychological warfare you have as a streamer and an entertainer. Uh, it's a very very scary thing at times. So I, I seventy thirty boys seventy thirty. I don't want to be that guy, but Panic? Panic? Are you sure you're not a guest star of Mass Effect? Because you're guessing up a storm right now, bro. Woo! You you know what? You are literally... not Your webcam is falling to pieces. Oh, yeah, your microphone's falling to pieces. He's gone. Everything is literally on fire right now. Uh. Hashtag Risenbox. Let's go. <laughs> the Risenbox is... I, uh. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's so bad. It's so bad. Dude, you need to shut everything to Jeff. This is the Jeff and Adam show right now for like the next five minutes. You are literally shutting everything in your room off. Your lights, your fucking, you take the air freshener that automatically spritzes every two two to three minutes. Everything is off. You tell he your landlord you to, to go die. down. Just shut your heart off and reboot it. The, everything. The, the water, everything goes off. And f- come back on Intel system, but don't, because that's going to take more time. Just go and, and restart everything. Save the audio that you have locally. I'll have to pull some sort of miracle fucking work in post for this this cast. Oh. I'm going to be editing this until 90 you go and do that. Jeff and I will will uh, will handle right. this while you are gone. Let me just do this. Where is uh, right there? Close enough. So Jeff, you're just shifted a little bit to the all right, a lot to the right now. Okay, because he actually left. That's fine. So, That's fine. It looks okay. We're all right. You but just yeah, do me a I, favor. I think, just yeah. scooch to your right. Just scooch okay. to your right. There you we go. You can do that. Just there, right there. Close enough. I can live with right. that. 
<laughs> People listening to this on iTunes are going to be like, what the fuck did I rate this five stars for? What did I ever come <laughs> into this for? Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I, I agree. I'm not, I don't know about 70, 30, but for sure it's, it's a little bit of a, a gong show. I didn't, you know, there was a whole discussion w- about, uh, on Twitter amongst some of the bigger streamers about protecting the streamer. Is that, is this protecting the streamer? You know, should there be things in place to protect streamers? And I mean, honestly, I think everybody can understand that adults can make their own decisions of course but of course i think i think that doesn't completely absolve twitch from having some sort of limit that says guys you know have something in place to just be like guys you need to just don't throw your entire life away here because really what does twitch have to lose they just keep putting up segments and then people just go and twitch makes money right but yeah, uh, you know, there's probably an entire other conversation uh, to that, but uh, so maybe we'll talk about that another time. But yeah, I think we both agree it's a it's a good thing, but it, it has its it has its drawbacks, right? It, it, under yeah. the right under the wrong hands, it can be a very dangerous thing, and uh, under the right hands, it could be very successful and and uh, something that is a very positive on that person's life and on Twitch as a whole. Um, so I think once they regulate it just a little bit, um. Things, things I think will will uh, will come together, yeah. so to speak. So, yeah. but let us know what you guys think. Honestly, like if, if, from from a consumer's point of view, because we yeah, are from a streamers. Viewer's point. Because yeah. I mean, Adam and I could sit here and and maybe one podcast we will um, talk about what it's really like to be a streamer. Um, because there's yeah. a lot of people out there. We can even maybe even be a DLC at some point. Uh, Probably people are asking for more DLCs. They are asking for more DLCs, um, but it, there, there's a lot more to it than just streaming. And a lot of people envy what we do, and rightfully so. It's a wonderful job, and to be able to speak to, you know, we hit what thirty thousand views or something over this last month, or whatever the case yes, may be. Yes, thirty, uh, thirty. Well, no, well, yeah. If you include YouTube and stuff about about. Uh, it's a lot. About 30,000, 40,000. Yeah, so to have, that, 30, 40, to have that kind of um, that reach, it's a, it's a beautiful thing, you know, to have people want to listen to what you say. But um, for those that are really wanting to get into entertainment, not even just streaming, but YouTube or any type of uh, entertainment or even managing uh, entertainment, which Panic could definitely chime in on, uh, it is a whole nother ball game in itself. Um, it's beautiful when you understand everything. And when you use it to your advantage, but if you let it get away from you, it's a very scary thing. And IRL is the biggest gateway to just take over somebody's life completely. Um, And I can definitely uh, relate in every way, shape, or form because I was one of the, you know, grandfathered channels on Twitch. And I was here since day one, and I understand what it's like to... um, get into something new and give it your all and lose a lot in your own personal life and make a lot of sacrifices. Yeah. Um, and that's good, but sometimes you go a little bit too far and IRL is going to be that borderline for a lot of people. Some people will be fine. So I think that's it for that for now. It's, that's uh, pretty much everything I have to say about it, but I, I give it a one yeah. thumb up and one kind of halfway for now. I think eventually we'll get two <laughs> thumbs up. It would be nice if you could go to, you know, twitch.tv slash IRL 
and have its its yeah. own sort of page and just leave the gaming to the gaming instead of adding it into that little a little box like a normal game to actually go to an IRL section of Twitch and have its own sort of fuckery there. I think that would be a great idea. And uh, you could create some stars that way as well, kind of the top of that site. Yeah. Um, but in general, uh, it's it's new. It's new. So we take it for what it is, right? Yeah, we'll wait and see how how it plays out. Welcome back, Ryzen. How you doing? Uh, am I am I sounding okay? Yep. For you now, look good. Sound good. <laughs> yeah. Welcome for, back. For um, now, Skype is like Skype is shit in the bed. Like You've got up like 16 30, threads on that new computer, and Skype is taking up 60% of your CPU usage. Yeah, How is that much. even possible? I have no idea. This didn't happen yesterday. Well, good thing you talked first, because we are done with yeah. IRL. Yeah, we've, we have moved Thank on God. from IRL. We're hitting up that next topic, and that next topic is Overwatch. Mm. Dear Lord in heaven, does this game make Blizzard and Activision an unholy amount of money. In fact, we have a pretty good number for it now. Just shy of one year, so a little under by, we're talking one or two weeks, Blizzard has managed to rake in a billion dollars off of Overwatch and, coincidentally, around the same time, has uh, now reported 30 million active users Wow! in under a year. Yikes. That is... We have stats on Hearthstone. Unbelievable. Uh, Hearthstone seventy million. Yeah, it's like double players. Yeah, uh, and that's also on that's phone, all. That's, everything. I'm pretty sure it's already yeah, been a billion dollar game ages oh, ago. Right. Probably almost two times over yeah. now. Uh, in oh, fact, yeah. this is Activision Blizzard's eighth billion dollar franchise. Yeah, oh. eight in total, and uh, you can imagine most of those are Call of Duty games uh, for the most part. Uh, but yeah, Overwatch has, has crested that. What now? I think Panic maybe pays attention to the Overwatch scene more than Jeff or, Jeff or I do, uh, currently. <laughs> Panic, what are you doing to your camera? No, I'm oh, just, um, I'm adjusting some things. It should be okay now. <laughs> I see this. Oh, God damn it. Hold on. He's five minutes what's away that? from being fired. That's that's what's happening. <laughs> He's sitting there clicking buttons. The shit was on. There. No, Just to, let oh, it no, there go. Stop. stop. Yeah. And stop. We're good. We're good. Sorry. Fixed. Yeah, uh, no. Um, yeah. For, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, in terms of the Overwatch side of things, um, in general, I've been following that scene since Alpha. Um and I've always thought it's going to do well for Blizzard. It's going to continue to do well. The problem they have is that they haven't been like bootstrapping the esports side of things as much as they need to be to like get the more money in. Like they don't have mm -hmm. the large events. They don't have all the other crazy stuff going on. That's what they like initially said they were going to do. But they started doing all this other stuff. They've been doing the events and they've been doing a lot of like other like you know hero type releases. But they haven't actually done what they said they were initially going to do. Like the Overwatch League hasn't actually fully launched yet. Um, they haven't really pushed those sides of things as they've been wanting to. So I'm gonna I'm gonna throw a question out there, uh, just out of curiosity, on what maybe you guys both think. Does Blizzard really give a shit about esports for really no. any of their games? Um, no. I think I think at <laughs> at this point, and I, and I'm saying this from somebody that's been in Blizzard's ass since forever. <laughs> that colonoscopy. I mean. When you think about it, all right, I, and I want everybody listening to really think about this, 
Blizzard, okay, it's not Blizzard's eighth billion dollar game, but you look at something like World of Warcraft, which has been billions over and over again. Uh, you look at something like Overwatch that just made a billion dollars. Um, something like StarCraft that has probably made them hundreds of millions of dollars, you know, the franchise uh, of StarCraft. Is there really much money in it for Blizzard to put in the work to make an eSport? Now, there is that argument that the more that people watch, the more people will get into it and they'll make more money, and that is true. But when you've made a billion dollars and you're a company like Activision, is that their real? Is that their goal to to you know make another hundred million dollars, but put in all this work, hire these people, uh, organize all these things, advertise all these things? It seems like a headache. Why not just keep releasing new heroes, new skins, and you just make more money than what you would developing all these things? Obviously, they have the money to do whatever the hell they want. It's now that when, you, when when I just heard the eighth billion dollar, it's kind of all kind of clicking to me now. It's it's is it it's it's almost like you're 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 searching for peanuts. It's that thing where if Bill Gates drops twenty thousand dollars, it's not worth his time to bend over and pick it up. It's kind of the same thing here with Blizzard potentially. And I'm asking, I'm just it's like a feel you out question. Um, mm-hmm. I, I see I I see both sides. I don't think it's a bad thing to have your community engaged and do this, but for a game that has 30 million players and you're not actively the very top of Twitch at the very least, and depending on the streamer that's playing your game, I mean, it could be in the second, third row uh, on games that are being played. Now, that is an eSport, and dumping money into the community makes 150% sense for a game like League of Legends, where it's Riot's baby and it's and it's on the backs on the back of these personalities and these big players and these teams and 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 LCS and the fact they want to be a sport and being taken seriously and and they want to differentiate themselves from other esports not even called an esport uh they, they you know they want to be a sport uh filling out arenas and and doing all these things it, yes of course that engagement's very important but is it overly important for blizzard to do this say with overwatch you know it it doesn't matter that they take their time they're making their money i don't think Um, it does i would i think it actually does kind of so uh, my reasoning behind it is too I'm on the because kind here's, of part, here's my but. reasoning behind it, right? Um, your your point is good. Yeah, they made their billionth dollar or whatever off of it, but you know, from the esports side of things, it's not necessarily the return on you know the amount of money they're going to make raw out of that, like the hundred million or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, it at comparatively a hundred million, you're not spending all that much on the esports. It's what maybe two million on the prize pool, plus say maybe another five million for all the operating costs, maybe some other costs here and there, depending on the amount of staff and how big you go. Um, on top of that, though, you build the relationships with a lot of other you know entities. Like if you you know if you're working with Turner to you know put together a television you know mm-hmm. production for it, you're making partnerships with them. You're bringing in other sponsors. You're bringing in other groups mm-hmm. that gives you strategic partnerships to do a lot of other things in the future um on top of that though um you can spend a lot of time developing you know the game itself 
But eventually there comes a point in time where that game loses relevancy. There's new games coming out. There's new things happening. If you don't have – so what the esports scene is is not necessarily a way to bring in raw money. It's a way to keep the game relevant over a longer period of time I so agree. that when you do develop those skins mm-hmm. and that you do develop those new maps – you know, they have somewhere they're going because all games have, you know, you know, they have a growth period and then they're going to start waiting. Like League of Legends is the same thing. How League of Legends kept their growth like scene and let, uh, let that going for a much longer period of time was they have this huge esports scene going with but it. But that that's how um, they started, right? That, that the, the, yeah. the whole thing was founded on that. Blizzard's games are founded from Blizzard. If Blizzard exactly. releases a game, they don't need an esport. They're going to sell and that's, tens of and that's millions part of, of the copies, reason why right? Blizzard. That's part of the reason why Blizzard has floundered so badly in some of their, you know, managing their esports. It wasn't what their initial focus was. Mm-hmm. Brood War becoming an esport was entirely nothing to do with Blizzard. That was Korea doing its thing. Um, you know, and Blizzard kind of realized now that, you know, and again, Blizzard games, they're long burn development. They take years to come out. And Activision Blizzard as an entity, you know, long burn development is on the way out. It's very difficult to do these long five, six, seven, eight-year development cycles, those games get ridiculously expensive. Destiny at what, like $500 million development or something? Mm. You know, a lot of companies don't want to do that. So, you know, you'll see stuff like Overwatch coming out, which is actually not a, you know, massive game Mm. in its entity. It's a much shorter development time. Hearthstone, the same deal, a much shorter development cycle. But they want to then extend the lifespan of that with esports. So, one, it lets them shorten their development times, lets them continuously release content for them, but at the same time, you know, keep it going. So, the reason why I say it doesn't really matter, I mean, they can, they can, they can dabble in it, and, and obviously somebody uh, who is likely far better than any one of us at crunching good statistical projections for what the odds are of investing a certain amount of their revenue back in to the company for esports related activities in the hopes of boosting by a certain percentage Them the income people. generated yeah somebody's i mean uh, you know back in school we did that shit by hand but they just got a program that says <laughs> all right fucking calculate that for me uh you know They've already run those numbers, and and so they're they've already likely got an idea of just how much the time and 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 money they're willing to invest with the hopes of it, you know, providing something like you guys just like Panic just said, Brood War for example had nothing to do with Blizzard as an esport. Brood War literally took off on its own thanks to Korea, and Overwatch will likely if it does take off will take off because of Korea coincidentally. Um. And so there's somebody also sitting there going, okay, well, we can help this along, but why would we go all in on this when this is being, being handled yeah. already? Yeah. This is already in the works uh, via the community. So why would we put any more time and effort and money into it than we, than we need to? Um, you know, if you look, if you look at, you know, when Satan himself, Bobby Kotick sits down and, and does his, his quarterly report, which is what I'm looking <laughs> at right now, nowhere in here, do you really see too much? You do see him briefly mention, uh, the Overwatch League is gaining momentum and we're excited to offer our community of players the best professional league experience that is the only that is one sentence and it's the only part of this entire report that he mentions anything to do with what you could could, could consider esports everything else is well, you have to is, take into a you know go ahead 
Yeah, when you have to take into account, especially for the outside investor um, and internally in the company, the amounts and dollar figures that Activision and Blizzard are dealing with, esports budgets across all games combined is like barely a dent in any of these balance sheets. So they're well, yes, not going to mention it much unless they're bringing in millions and millions of dollars, which they're not. Um, so like, you know, a sentence hey, or two, not really a... That is literally my say. point. Point, that is ex- yeah. this okay. is your my point exactly okay so blizzard is, activision blizzard is projecting for 2017 calendar year uh 6.1 billion dollars in in revenue for this calendar year and to make a point here an even greater point here their projections for quarter 1 were blown out of the water they made even more than they projected so uh, Odds are trending, probably going to be safe to say they're at least going to hit that, if not further on. Uh, now, there's a lot of games, mobile games and otherwise, all feeding into this $6 billion figure. However, it just puts into perspective, like we were saying here, you know, how much money are they really going to make back on esports? How much time do they really need to put in? They're already making all of their money back on this. Whether this is a long-term investment because the games take five to seven years or not, a billion dollars? Nobody makes a billion dollars unless they're on mobile. Nobody. There's like five <laughs> games like in existence in the last couple of years that could cross that, that line on PC or console. You want to know so the metric? Rare. You want to know the metric I want to see? What's the that? lockbox revenue versus the esports revenue. Well, like the I Overwatch mean, loot boxes, the Hearthstone packs, the uh, the heroes loot boxes. I mean, like, it's, oh, what's it's that insane. dollar figure versus the? Well, e-sports? let's, let's put curious. it this way: I think I think what it is is when they do esports stuff, it has nothing to do with the money. I I, I think a hundred percent that they're they not they're I'm obviously they're a it's business. Mind share. They they want to make a profit, but it's more of like what you said, panic. It's to keep the community engaged in this stuff. But when you think about it, even on an esport level, um, or at least here in the North American scene. It's not massive. I mean, even if out of the 30 million people, there is 750,000 people that are actually engaged in Twitch and eSport and all those other affiliate sites that host these things, that is just small peanuts. And they're going to play the game regardless. They're not going to make massive. And in terms of making connections and 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 all these other things that you answered i mean they're blizzard if they want to make a connection with somebody they walk into a door and they say hey we're activision blizzard and the people that are there are going to go what can we do for you right it's not necessarily uh you know them looking for a handout from anybody they're going to do what the fuck they want when they want you know whether it's make a movie like uh warcraft um which Coincidentally, did not make a billion dollars, uh, but I don't think that they did it. Good. I don't think they did it to to you know get be massive. I think they did it because they wanted to. It's fan service, um, and maybe they thought just maybe we can make a trilogy out of this if it did really well. But it only did kind of well overseas. But I I'm not. I just don't think Blizzard's in it for esports. I think they have a little presence. I mean, when they, when they're chucking a hundred thousand dollars at a tournament, I mean, it's it's almost like a it's it's almost like a spit in the face, almost. Like I, I sound like an entitled little shit when I'm saying, "Well, give me more." I'm not saying give me anything, but I'm just saying, like, uh, you know, if you're gonna make a whole WCS and make the whole prize pool two million dollars or whatever the case may be, 
that's a lot of money to gamers, and that's going to keep people engaged and people fighting for the prize pool or whatever the case. But at the end of the day, when you really think about that money, they made that in 10 minutes. It's like it's if they really wanted to make it huge, they would go the League of Legends route, and they would eat, breathe, sleep, and shit, and fuck esports. That's what they would do. And there'd be like giant leagues with almost everyday events going on. They yeah. would have teams, management, would, salary. They would have. Would be they would the have full, like a full NFL style setup. It going. would be full blown, but that's not the case because they're getting sixty bucks a pop every time somebody buys their yeah. game. the The game that they're actually pushing the most, uh, of course, is Heroes of the Storm because it is free to play. And now yeah, they've got the whole the loot crates or boxes or whatever the hell that's in the game now, which I've been playing and it is fun. They figured out a way to monetize it uh, to to make people want to play the game. And for the first time ever, I'm actually seeing Blizzard-sponsored streams and HOTS. Of course, it's for a charity event, but, you know, it's the only time you ever see Blizzard do those things. It's like even when I ask Blizzard, uh, you know, or they ask me if I've ever been to BlizzCon, I'm like, no, you know, is there a way that you guys, you know, send personalities out? And they're like, no, we don't pay people to come to our events. It's like, man, you guys, like, they, they they are very... I I I I feel as I don't know if it's Activision that did this and they kind of lost touch or 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 it, it's always been like that, uh, but it was just much quieter um, and now it's just in more more in your face because of the amount of success. Um, it, it just feels as though they're just not committed on they the just, esports they side. Just, they, they, they just not. They just don't need it. They just don't need yeah. it. Yeah, I mean, that's just that's, that's just it. it. They yeah. just don't need it. There there are other games that need it and will put more of their of their uh, available capital towards creating leagues to generate more funds out of the main game itself, like uh, Rocket League or uh, Smite or the perhaps the fighting game community, uh, stuff like that. Stuff that stuff that makes pretty good money on its own, but an eSport, even if it's only you know minor in size, it doesn't have to be some sort of massive uh, massive event drives that extra amount of people in to the main game and that can be you know uh let's say they make 15 percent more uh on a calendar year than they would otherwise that's big to some games but to to, to a blizzard title that means dick and they're not going to spend spend the money if they don't need to uh you know it's just it just doesn't need to to, to be that way so i think that's really the secret to the whole thing is that it might not even necessarily be that they just don't care it's just that they just don't need it, and so from yeah. a, a perspective, from a, best, a, a yeah, business a business perspective, yeah, why would you? Right? Yep. It just yep. doesn't doesn't need to happen. Yep. Uh, video game Hall of Fame. Mm. This just became a thing not all that long ago. Uh, you know, it, somebody stepped up and actually started doing this and starting putting these things in a museum, uh, in a f- physical location, so you can go and see you know these games that they're slowly <laughs> picking. Uh, to to be you know adorn the the halls of the uh, of the Hall of Fame so to speak, uh, and they just added another what f- five well f- technically four I guess if you if you combined a couple of them here for uh, for this grouping, uh, so this month I'll go over this uh, that got added were let me get this up here. Donkey Kong, and I mean OG Donkey Kong. Original? Original oh, Donkey Kong. Like NES. Like, no, like arcade. They're a bit behind. Like, yeah, like, well, they're, well, they're not, they're not adding, st- <laughs> well, yeah, there's a mixture here. So, 
and again, this only started not that long ago. Like, like either this year or last year, the, the Hall of Fame existed. So they've been uh, voting on stuff. So they have Donkey Kong, the original, Halo Combat Evolved, Pokemon Red and Green, not Red and Blue for those non-Japanese folks out there, uh, and Street Fighter II were, were uh, receiving the honor. Uh, I have no idea if this is like, I can't remember how often they update this, but it might just be yearly, actually. So I might be out of my mind, and it could be now three years deep. So this um, is a GameSpot thing? Well, it's on it's on GameSpot. No, it's not GameSpot that runs it. It's an actual oh. museum. Oh, okay. Uh, so I the two previous classes uh, for the strong it's the Strong Museum's World Video Game Hall of Fame included. Uh, so these are the ones that came before this this uh, class of Doom, Grand Theft Auto Three, The Legend of Zelda, The Oregon Trail, Pac Man, Pong, The Sims. Sonic the Hedgehog, Space Invaders, Super Mario Bros, Tetris, and World of Warcraft to go alongside of the uh, the ones that we just mentioned for this year. So they're kind of adding those things as, as they go along. And of course, it's funny, every time they post something like this, the slew of people like, where is insert this game? <laughs> Yeah. How is this? How has this game not made it in to the Hall of Fame yet? Do you gentlemen have any games that you would personally put in the in the Hall of Fame? If you had like your own little Hall of Fame, well, I think it's I, I think you know you could go back to the 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 podcast, the very first one we just talked about our top ten. I mean, our I top I, ten list. Yeah, I think we'd we'd all just kind of repeat ourselves there. I'm. Uh, you know, if I if oh, I had maybe pick, I mean uh, maybe because I mean some of the games there are definitely games I had on my are, list are, are that like, I would not consider that though. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, like, I mean, super important I, games. Yeah, I mean, I think I think it's all relatively subjective. I think there are a few games that that of course um, revolutionized gaming, uh, took it to the next stage, that next level. Uh, but you know, if you think things like, you know, the original Mario or the original Donkey Kong or, you know, something like that, of course, but I think at the end of the day, it's all relatively subjective. It's, it's kind of like doing a movie hall of fame. How, how can you, do you go by the amount of copies it sold? Do you go by, um, you know, did it make worldwide headlines and change the way people think about, did some, did a game have a first uh, you know, gay protagonist, and they they broke the barrier. Like, you know, what 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 brings a game to the Hall of Fame uh, is sort of the question. Because I I could I could name off you know several games that I think deserves a spot uh, in the Hall of Fame, but I, I it would be subjective. I think they would have to like pool something. I think they'd have to do some kind of survey and just ask. Uh, a, a large amount of dedicated gamers. And I'm not talking about we went to the, the University of, of Ohio and we asked uh, 100 <laughs> gamers there in the cafeteria uh, uh, what they well, think is, I'm, yeah. I'm, I think it would be a little, have to be a lot wider and more spread out than that. Yeah. I don't, I don't know what the, who the panel is, is comprised of. I don't know if they've made public who that is or if they're just internally handling it or what, you know. Um, but I'm sure it's, it, you know, regardless, it, it, no matter how you look at it, any re- any any awards like this it's almost like the oscars and stuff is like you, you know you can only put so much stock in it because ultimately it's it's either one or a group of people's opinions on what was the most important insert thing here either of all time or for the calendar year you're talking about it so yeah. 
Uh, you can only yeah, you can only go so far with it. But it's I think cool all to the, see the I, think, list. I mean, it's cool. I, yeah, I think I think it's cool, and I I, I think they picked really great, uh, really great games for it so far. And I'm happy that they're that you know they're not just starting with all old games. They're mixing mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. stuff that's more recent, uh, yeah. and and not necessarily everything that came out in 1984. Um uh, and just sticking to the old the older stuff. So yeah, no, I thought it was kind of neat uh, to see that. I also found it neat that they went with with Pokemon Red Green, which is you know the Japanese release. That's an interesting of choice. The original, yeah. Uh, which you know functionally speaking is the pretty much the exact same thing. I don't know. There's probably some Pokemon fan out there that knows why they changed it to blue for North America and why it was green in Japan. Uh, somebody out there probably knows that. I don't, but it's probably an interesting reason. Only the yeah, Japanese I just clicked do. On a, I just clicked on a link there, and it said the 12 finalists were uh, Solitaire for, you know, just the regular that comes on every oh, computer. Solitaire. Uh, Mist for the PC. Oh, uh, that better make it eventually. Uh, the original Mortal Kombat. Uh, we okay. saw the Donkey Kong. Uh, there's uh, Tomb Raider. Uh, Street Fighter 2 for Super Nintendo, Final Fantasy 7, uh, Portal, just the original Portal, uh, the original Resident Evil, uh, Halo Combat Evolution, or Evolve, sorry, um, and then there is Wii Sports. So those are the those were like mm. the twelve finalists. Wii Sports, uh, really? Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, they'll probably have it there because the attach rate was like insane because it was yeah. with every Wii launched console or whatever, wasn't it? Didn't it come with every Wii? Yep, uh, or something like that. I'm so pretty the, sure the, the, uh, it came standard. Yes, yeah, so the amount the the amount of technically sold Wii Sports is there's a lot unreal. <laughs> there's a few. They they pushed there's a few a of those bad boys out the door. Yeah, um, and it wasn't horrible but, either. Yeah. Like it was like it's one of those games that, that was you pretty just, good. If you buy a Wii, you always put it in there and you play it. And yeah, you know, when many I, and TVs I, were broken. When I when I went out and did yard oh, sales, I would get a whole us. bunch of Wii's for like 10, 20 bucks and then I would just flip yeah. them for 40, 50 dollars with a couple games and almost every single person, 90% of the time would ask if I have Wii Sports. And that was like, you know, the, the it, thing yeah. that people wanted. So, yeah. Definitely. There's one of the there's one of the greatest gifts of all time on the internet of two people uh, or like two bots playing Wii Sports tennis and they're standing at the net and they're like hyper speed swinging their rackets, and it's like a, this five minute long gif of them just going. It's the most epic rally of tennis to have ever been. So, like one of those Chinese ping pong videos. Yes, exactly. exactly. It's that table tennis, you uncultured swine. Hmm. I'm sorry, ping pong. it's ping pong to me. No, well, that's cool. We'll have to uh, we'll have to revisit that down the road. And yeah, see we'll keep goes. up with that. Yeah, it's fun to it's fun to watch that. I'd like to visit the Hall of Fame. I think that would be kind of cool to be able to watch the uh, go to the, the actual now, it would be your house, cool Adam. If they had sort of, and this is a great segue too, Set but it would to be play? cool if they no, if they had like the originals, like if they could get their hands on oh, you know a God. dev copy or or get there and in the museum have a bunch of like artwork that's signed by the devs and kind of the concept art and how things like if they really made a museum out of it and you could see the history behind it maybe watch a video about the devs talking about what it was like to create the game get to see some physical artwork and on display uh, i i would actually fly out somewhere to see something like that to that see would that. be yeah, yeah. that's like history right it, it's it would be very very oh, cool absolutely. to see all that stuff so i think that's cool i think it's absolutely. a cool idea and definitely a good segue because, ladies and gentlemen, moving on to our last topic pre-break, some lucky 
crazy dude just out buying a, a case of games on eBay, wasn't it? He picked this up. Uh, I think so. I believe it was eBay. So some some guy just pulling a, a Mr. Maximus Black. He's building up this epic, uh, you know, retro game collection uh, to show off to all of his friends all the sweet games that they, they that he's got from back in the day when everybody was a child. And lo and behold, in this box that he picked up from eBay was a CDR, you know, like a CD writable disc that that just had what was it, Starcraft? What it had written Gold on it? It was like Starcraft Master source code. It was, yeah, so it was the master, it was one of the master discs for StarCraft, which yeah. is crazy. Oh, no, it's even, it's even, it's even, it's even more crazy because it's not like the gold publisher copy that they No, it's internal. Printed. It's the yeah, actual, yeah. it's the actual source, yep. like yeah. underlying, not compiled source. Yep. Yeah. And apparently on this disc, it had a lot of really private information on, on the, uh, on some of the stuff that they use. Um, so that would like include all their developer notes, all of their comments, all like, their coding styles, like all their coding standards, all of that stuff would be listed in it's there. All like their, that's like, like super proprietary stuff you would never want getting it's out. It's almost like it's almost like uh, going and finding the Bible that Jesus himself would have like used or some shit, right? It's like it's like finding the Holy Grail uh, of of Starcraft and having all of the answers. You you are it's like entering the Matrix. It's like you are the code. Like the, what you see here is everything that has ever been. Um, it's just insane. But if yeah, if you want to keep going with the story, because it's I can't believe. No, what that's, he did. You know, I'll let you. I'll let you pick up the rest of it because that's about as far as I know for, for. Oh well, I mean, I know what they did for him, but I'll let you. You probably have it up in front of you right now. You can. Yeah, yeah, you can, yeah. Uh, um. So anyway, he. Um, I'm just uh, going through here. So, yeah, so he said uh, Blizzard said they heard from him directly. So he went to Blizzard and gave them the disc back. Um, He even went to, uh, he said the publisher's legal team had asked him to return the disc because it contained uh, intellectual property and trade secrets. He sought legal advice on what to do but ultimately decided to uh, proceed with caution and send it to Blizzard for his troubles – he received a copy of Overwatch, woo, $250 in Blizzard store credit, and I do believe they also gave him uh, a trip to BlizzCon. Um, oh, they, they, they initially, like, so what ended up happening was he had, he had found the disc and he went online and asked what to do with it. And everyone was like, "Oh, you need to rip that and put it online." Yeah, release um, that. Yeah, and and the, and the, and everyone was like, "Oh, you have to do it." And like, he actually got a lot of flack after you know he he did the right thing because he called a lawyer, he talked to Blizzard, and he returned it to them. Um, and then what ended up happening was initially they just gave him a copy of Overwatch and then Blizzard, and then someone contacted him from one of the other teams at Blizzard and they then sent him like a huge package of stuff. Yeah. Like they're just like, oh, we just want to send you, you know, something in appreciation. So they sent him like keyboard, headset, mouse, like mouse pad, some like limited edition collector stuff, plushies and stuff in like a big box. Yeah. And he thought that was it. He thought it was pretty cool. It was done. Um, And then like a couple of days later, he got a call from someone at Blizzard saying like, hey, um, do you know about BlizzCon? And he's just like, yeah, you know, like, you know, I'm on the East Coast. Everyone knows about BlizzCon, but you know, I can't really go because the tickets out in like five minutes. So they're like, um, so we're just calling to let you know, um, you know, we want to we want to invite you to BlizzCon, all expenses paid, um, and take you out for drinks. 
So they literally then hooked him up with like hotel everything to bring him out to BlizzCon. Yeah, this I mean year. It, it, that's, that's really nice of them. Uh, I'm sure as a, a you know a big fan of Blizzard, if he even is. I mean, we don't even know if he's a big fan. He might have been buying yeah, yeah. whatever games and never played a fucking Blizzard game in his life. All or of a sudden, de- doesn't care for them. Um, yeah. You know, it, for me personally, I'm biased because not only do I collect video games, but that right there would be in my display case. Actually, I would buy a separate display case, just, just one, that one, one case, glass case, that one and it thing. would just sit there. Yeah. I wouldn't leak the information on the internet because there's no point in doing that, but I would have that in my collection. It would be the holy grail, and the only way Blizzard would be able to pry it from my hands is if they paid me an exuberant amount of money for it. Or I was just, you know, one day feeling like I want to... They would just send an angry you know, mob after you. Yeah, I, I I don't know. There's there's no... They would say, Jeff ruined StarCraft. Go get him. There's just get no way. There's no fucking way. I mean, uh, there has been things... I've watched plenty of videos on the internet since I've been, re- since I've been re- um, uh, collecting retro. People have found some... That's like the Holy Grail. ...crazy shit that Nintendo has made... Like the pretty much the exact same type thing, like um, the the N sixty four like DD thing. version, like where we where it used to take discs and shit, or like games that have never been released, like games that Nintendo have made but never actually published, like some really crazy shit. And they've talked to Nintendo, and they've had people that have had conversations and explained it to them, and never once have they pressured. Um, the 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 person to give it back because I don't know the full story but by the sounds of it he when he made the post and Blizzard found out about it obviously it says here that the the Blizzard's uh the publisher's legal team asked him to return the disc I mean how much more inti- how intimidating would it be to have Blizzard's lawyers call you up and say, you need to give this disc back because it's got intellectual property, uh, I would be, you know, maybe I would give the disc back then too, thinking, am I going to get yeah. sued? Are they going to come after me? Uh, am I in some kind of trouble here? Um, when all you did was went out and bought something and you found it. It's like finding something of crazy value um, or at no value because it really doesn't have a value. It's kind of like what you what you put on it. Um, you know, how did the how did the person that had the disc get it in the first place? You know, was this something? Was this Blizzard's negligence of of losing this disc? Did they chuck it out in the garbage and somebody ended up finding what it? Like, probably, what's the story behind it? What probably ended up happening, um, and this has kind of happened to me, and it just kind of happens in the industry. Um, you had physical media laying around all the time. It's less common nowadays, but what probably ended up happening was. There was a developer or someone at Blizzard who worked there. They had a desk full of stuff. And, you know, eventually, you know, they quit or moved on to some other job. So they literally were just packing shit up on their desk. And this disc probably just ended up in the box of stuff they take home, um, especially at game development companies and other things. You you bring up, like, you end up with, like, a lot of little tchotchkes or things that you put on your desk. And things get, like, put into them. Like, I had little footballs, toy things, whatever. I notepads, notebooks, whatever. All those things get put into your box, you bring them home. What probably ended up happening was over time, you know, it, might, it probably wasn't the employee or whatever, you know, that disc just ended up getting shuffled around, eventually ended up in some lot of stuff that was, you know, yeah. ended up with that eBay guy who sold it. Yeah, I I um I I I would be very hard for me to 
to give that up, and I wouldn't use it maliciously. As a collector, that would be yeah. impossible I wouldn't use to it get, maliciously. I would be. I I would cherish it. I'd be like, this is the holy grail, like and then maybe inverted, one day like down the road, Jenny sell stamp. it for a large amount of money and and send my kids to college or something. Because there are some diehard people out there that would pay crazy money to have that that you know it's that one of a kind thing. One of a kind thing. Like that's what a collector dreams about and and obviously this mm-hmm. guy might be a collector because if he was buying a bunch of games uh off ebay chances are he probably collects in some way shape or form uh that would be really tough what do you think adam was it was it do you think they were intimidating him to give it back obviously the, the lawyers called sure their phone. They, they probably they probably weren't saying you need to give this shit back or we're coming no. after you of course they didn't say no. that but probably um, very professionally yeah, I mean, you know, who else? I mean, the way, one way to look at it is who else is going to call him, right? Like, it's not like somebody else from Blizzard HQ is just going to be like, you know, what? I'm on lunch break. I'm gonna call this guy up <laughs> and have a conversation <laughs> with him. You know, it's it's always going to be the 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 legal team in that regard, or probably the legal team's like assistant, somebody who was yeah. out getting coffee and then gave this guy a call. And I mean, you know, do, so does it seem intimidating? Well, anytime you get a, a phone call from a legal team from a major company, it's going to sound intimidating regardless of the tone of the person's voice on the other end. It's always going to seem like they're they're trying to coerce you a bit into doing whatever they ask. I mean, because from a te- technically speaking, they don't really have a legal leg to stand on. This is just a no. disc that's been out floating in space that somebody else sold on, on eBay. They They don't technically own that disc they own what's on the disc but unless the guy went and put it online and 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 they had you know actual you know uh trademarked stuff on there that other people used then maybe then they have a case to come after the guy but otherwise they couldn't come after him for anything he owns if he has a freaking disc they found a box on ebay they can't come after him for it what happens if he doesn't even know like you know the significance of the contents like he puts it on the internet he's like hey guys what the fuck is this and he just you know he puts it up there what can blizzard sue him then because he he gave out that information they would Uh, would have to basically they would have to have they'd, they'd have to have probable cause proven that he knew what was on the disc and was putting it out there understanding what was on it before they could come after him for anything otherwise yeah. it would be the people that took the information and then used it for their own shit that blizzard would have to go after i mean they, they, yeah. there's really it would be not impossible obviously with the amount of money that blizzard has and activision has but it would be uh, you know not probable necessarily of them of them being not able the to ideal pull situation. it off yeah, and it would That's just crazy. look really ridiculous. I, so yeah, it's I would, crazy either I'd way. I have to hold on to it. I'd have to hold on to it. Yeah, um, I, 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 I'd, I'd probably even talk to Blizzard and say, "Hey, man, what's on this stuff? I'd like to know more about it." Um, but you never know. You, you never know until until um, you're for stuff like that, that. You should never like as a collector, especially for stuff like that. You really don't want to ever publicize that you have. You it. have it, um, yeah, because someone's gonna no, come take no, it from no. you. Not even, not even. Then you definitely, yeah. you you definitely yeah. don't want to talk to Blizzard and be like, I have it. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, just gonna exactly. go badly. Do you think he made a copy of it before he gave it? I guarantee you. I would be surprised if he didn't. Yeah. If he, that would be really weird if he didn't. I mean, uh, even I, and I'm, I'm like, I'm like the the sissy I'm super conservative on that over stuff. here, and I, and I would still have a hard time not wanting to copy the damn thing. Like, yeah, just it'd just be, it'd just be too irresistible. Yeah. yeah, it'd be very, very, very difficult to to do it. But regardless, and I think guess well, what? one way or another, and then giving guess it back what? to them was probably the right move. 
He takes. Yeah, I think he so, takes too. the con- He has the contents of the disc, but he's returned the disc to Blizzard. Now, no one knows that he actually still has it. Now exactly. he can leak that however he wants. The discs have been floating around for probably fifteen years, and anybody at any time could have. Yeah, if he wants put to, that he out can. or whatever, right? But I, Go you to know, a what? public he sounds- library and upload that shit. <laughs> he sounds like a stand-up guy, and uh, and, yeah, and shout-outs to Blizzard for calling him up and, and offering him a trip yeah. to BlizzCon and paying for that. Yeah. You know, they didn't have to do that, so good on them. They went above and beyond there. And I, and I think maybe, I don't know if they did it out of the goodness of their hearts, or they did it because it may have seemed a little forceful how they received it back. Um, just with the lawyer calling and the pressure. No, I think that. they did it Maybe because they were thankful face. about it. I think so. I yeah, think no, so too. And uh, and you know and what, if, man, being able to sit down with out. them uh, after BlizzCon, I've sat down with the Blizzard guys and had dinner. They're a great bunch of people. They're all friendly. Nobody there yeah. is out to 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 get anybody. And, um, and here's you know, the thing: it'll be a good experience for him. If that dis- it, you know, if something like this happens in the future, someone's going to be like, you know what? If you give it back to Blizzard, they do right by you, and it's kind of like an incentive to be like, you know what, I should return it if I find it. It gives it makes a much stronger case. Yep. Because it's not like, oh, Blizzard's going to strong arm you and try to murder you. It's like, no, they'll they'll be really appreciative of yep. it in a legitimate way. No, good on him and good it. on Blizzard. I think it was mm-hmm. it was handled well on both sides. Uh, you know, props to him for actually just handing it over. I as a collector, well I just man, that would be tough. That would be <laughs> it would so be tough. tough. <laughs> it that would be tough. So it tough, would be man. tough. Well, you know what isn't tough? Selling out, ladies. Selling out is super easy, and we're going to prove it in three easy steps here while uh, we go on break and you guys get a little bit of the usual sellout. Want to thank everybody who's been taking the time to go on to iTunes and giving us those reviews. We're up to, I think, the, we're at the hoi 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 69 review mark right now, if I'm not mistaken, unless it's oh. changed since the last time of, yeah, this is the last time I, I checked it out. Uh, so we're on our way to that Love next. You forever. Goal of 75 reviews. It's been going a long way, guys. Really appreciate that. And, uh, of course, those of you who are listening in, uh, we are available on iTunes, SoundCloud, YouTube, Twitch TV, Patreon, and basically everywhere else you could possibly imagine, Google Play Music included. So, here we go. Off to uh, Sellout Land, and we will return in a few minutes with more. Five Patreon, Patreon. Go Patreon, Patreon, Patreon. Patreon. Hey guys, if you're enjoying Technical Alpha and are interested in supporting us, do I have a solution for you? We've set up a Patreon page to help us help you help us and you. We've got a list of options that would make a used car salesman cry that provide you with a range of goodies for your support. Head on over to patreon.com slash technicalalpha to see what's up for grabs. Do you like badges and stuff? Subscribe to us on Twitch TV to get, well, badges and stuff. Technical Alpha is live-streamed every Friday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time on twitch.tv slash technicalalpha, so if you're in the neighborhood, be sure to stop by. Listening to us on iTunes, Google Play Music, or another podcast app? If you're having a good time, be sure to give us a thumbs up. It's a simple thing, but it goes a long way in helping us reach more people, and really, more people should be able to judge us feverishly. It's only fair. Honestly, though, while we like to joke about the cello, just being a regular listener is a huge help, and we're incredibly thankful for all of your support. Technical Alpha will continue soon, so sit tight. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back from break. We are back from that sellout. Five star, five star, five star, iTunes, five star, five star. Mm. And we are ready to start up the second half. How many stars? Five stars, five stars, five five stars. Six if you can figure out a way of making it happen. Five (laughs) dollar Patreon tier gets you that 
Retro Versus. Yeah. It's live right now. Guys, By the time you're listening you guys, to this, the shit is live right now. Go watch true. it. You guys won't have the sellout ad for that, but hopefully by next week I'll have figured out a way I'll, I'll have an ad worked up or something uh, to, to talk about that during the sellout hype. But uh, we are back and we're going to be talking as always as we seem to squeeze it into the second half here. It's about that movie hype. Mm. It's time to talk about movies. Mm. And uh, what we've got it's to talk half. about first is Avatar. Not Ooh. Avatar The Last Airbender, because we're going to pretend Ugh. that movie, uh, as we already discussed, never that happened. Was that movie? Yeah, apparently. That was a thing that happened, um, no, at least according to some movie. people. <laughs> it's it's never, never, a movie. never existed. It never existed. Uh, but we're going to talk about, yeah, uh, James Cameron's Avatar, uh, yes. who is working on a few of these bad boys spread out over the course of, I don't know, 15 years. Uh, I feel Actually like not, it's uh, not spread out that far. No, no, it's not. But I just feel like it is just just seeing 2024 or whatever just fucks with my head. Just thinking about 2024 and just how old we're all going to be in 2024 and just imagining where I'm going to be. Yeah, 2025, where I'm going to be by then. Uh, that's like <laughs> it's terrifying. Yeah, it's kind of scary. So, it's it's uh, seven years. That's. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of scary to think like about. Late 30s, man. Yeah, we'll be going on 40 years old. case, away. like mid-20s for Adam. That's a long nah, mid It'll be like 35. It'll be like 35. 35 years old. 35 years old. Yeah. So that's crazy. But anyway, we're going to be talking about that. So I'll, I'll hand this off to Jeff first because I know Jeff loves to talk about James Cameron. So what do you what do you got, <laughs> Mr. Black? Uh, well, I mean, I, I, you know, we were, we were kind of fighting for topics and, you know, of course the second half, we got to have some movies in there. Cause I know what, oh, of I, course. I know, I know shit about movies and I think everybody know, uh, likes movies in some way, shape or form. I guess the, the real uh, question that I wanted to ask, uh, Adam and panic, I can probably kind of already tell Adam's answer, but, uh, mm. are we excited for, uh, for more avatar movies? Uh, for those that don't know, James Cameron, is making four more Avatar movies. Avatar 2 will happen in 2020, and then uh, Avatar 3 in 2021, then 4 in 2024, and 5 in 2025. I do believe he plans to film Avatar 2 and 3 uh, back-to-back with no breaks, just kind of go, and then uh, he'll take some, some time, uh, and then they'll start shooting for Avatar 4 and 5 back-to-back, and they will be released one year apart. So uh, basically we get two and three, one, uh, one a year. We get a, a three-year break. So they'll probably take a year off and do whatever, give people a break, and then they'll go right back into filming. Um, obviously, James Cameron uh, is a man of um, many talents. I guess the 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 biggest talent is uh, making mega dollars at the box office. He holds... Uh, two of the highest-grossing films of all time, uh, Titanic, pushing the envelope, pretty much, and Avatar. Um, and when you think about it, Titanic is such a juggernaut. Back then, there there was no 3D, there was no IMAX, there was no none of that. Uh, the the price of movie tickets have gone down, uh, or have been down back in 1997. Movie tickets now are higher, so now we get a lot more billion-dollar movies. 
Um, so, you know, even adjusting to, to inflation, Titanic is still one of the highest selling, if not the highest grossing movie of all time. Uh, and I do believe it's Titanic than Avatar. I'm not sure if Avatar passed Titanic or not, but um, James Cameron just holds the belts. Nobody touches him. Uh, Avatar, the first one, it's one of those love or hate movies. Uh, it, 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 it's basically Pocahontas in space uh, or on a different planet. You mean Fern Gully? Yes. Uh, it, it, it's, James Cameron has a way of telling a personal story that almost everybody can re- relate to. It's like watching a soap opera on the big screen. Uh, there's something about his his work that just about anybody can relate to it in some way, shape, or form, uh, and can enjoy his movies uh, for what they are. And his technology that he 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 brought into play still to this day, Avatar has been maybe. Between now, I'm still gonna say it. I still think Avatar was my very best experience in 3D in the theater of all time, and that is saying something because the first Avatar came out in 2009. It's 2017, and I'm still yet to. Now there has been comparable movies. I mean, there has been some films like Gravity that has done IMAX 3D very well. Even uh, The Hobbit when they had it in uh, 60 frames, Love 3D. Um, there has been some really great 3D movies, and and technology has come a long way. But I mean, Avatar, uh, he created cameras for that, and people started using his technology to make films. Uh, he just revolutionized movie-going experience, and we even got that with Titanic. And although Titanic didn't have these you know, crazy 3D things and you didn't feel like you were um, part of the movie— uh, so to speak, but there was something about Titanic that was an experience as well. It was kind of like the the um, interstellar, you know, that moment when they're going through the 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 wormhole or, or whatever they were going through. Oh my god, um, that in IMAX was just ridiculous. It was. It, oh my it was, god, you know, you, you, incredible. You, those those moments in in cinematic history, you remember those. It's kind of like when a when a very famous celebrity dies, you kind of know where you were and 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 what where you know when it happened and everything. I have those sort of feelings with movies, and Titanic is one of those. I remember seeing it when I was really young, um, and seeing it with my parents and and just falling in love with it. Uh, and it was the same with Avatar. And although Avatar didn't break any grounds in terms of storytelling, um, it was enough that it was engaging. He did a great job at building a world um, and, and, and making it seem as though you – pretty much every person that went to Avatar, that enjoyed it, wanted to visit Avatar, right? And, and now you'll be able to do it here at the end of the month at, at Disney World that's finally opening up Pandora. But everybody wanted to go to Pandora. Everybody wanted to be blue, and, and, every, and there was even people that were upset that they weren't like these people. Um, or these creatures, or these these half breeds, or whatever. Um, peep, the way that he just made this universe and this, it was almost Star Wars like uh, in terms of of the impact that it made on some people. And I hate to uh, that you know I hate to you know say the word Star Wars and Avatar in the same sentence yeah. because 
you know, they're, they're two totally different beasts and Star Wars trumps it in every way, shape or form in terms of everything. But the way that it connected with fans, uh, people just want to be part of it. So uh, I personally am very excited for it. I love the fact that he has waited all this time uh, between then and now to perfect new technology. What are we going to experience in the theater? Because that's what it is going to be. It's going to be an experience. Um, and, you know, some people will say that, hey, it's a money grab. You know, they're making four more of these things. But if you're if you're really going to tell a massive story, kind of like Star Wars, many episodes and they do it right. Um, I, I don't have a problem with that. And of course it's going to make billions of dollars each, each one of these movies. So that's wrong, Matt, so just I'm, a I'm quick just gonna, little history. I'm, I'm just going to pull the bandaid off here. Um, I, I hope this will not impact our friendship, Jeff, because you know, I, you're still friends with Adam of the whole Matthew McConaughey thing. That's okay. But, um, oh. I have never actually watched Avatar. Oh, and I, it did not interest me when I was in theater, partially because of the whole 3d thing. And I'll watch some movies in 3D, but I'm just not a fan of 3D movies in general. Um, and Avatar just never, never pulled me in. I haven't even like said I haven't even watched it on an airplane. I haven't even like gone and rented it and watched it at home. I just have wow. not watched it. Didn't interest me at all. Wow. Well, what about that's you? That's actually Adam? just now, impressive. And I don't hate you. I don't hate you for that. That's just you. impressive. <laughs> that's like that's like Anchorman. It's like I'm not even mad. I'm just, it's just impressive <laughs> that you've even managed to go this long without seeing Avatar. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But, uh, I mean, uh, yeah, I, I'm with Panic in that it just I never, it, it, I, I never, I never ended up getting the opportunity to watch it. Like, if I had the DVD, whatever, I, I would sit down and watch it. It's just like, it never like drew me in that it's like one of these must sees for me. Mainly, again, it kind of goes into the 3D discussion we had last week. Mm. Um, 3D movies in general just didn't do it for me. Um, and the main reason they were pushing it was a, it's a 3D movie. I'm like, all right, whatever. It's probably going to be gimmicky. You got all the critical acclaim. And even then, for some reason, and usually I go watch all those movies. I am a movie buff. But for some reason, it just it, it just never happened. Wow. So I don't know. Okay. <laughs> well, I'm going to be. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm with Panic in that 3D movies for me are basically whatever. I really could not care any less about 3D movies if I tried. It would, it would physically hurt me if I did. Um, the... But, but with that being said, Avatar was, like Jeff said, the best 3D movie I had ever seen and, and have seen since. And I've seen a number of them because it's damn near impossible to go to a blockbuster movie now without it being in 3D unless you want to watch it on the smallest screen in the entire movie theater complex. Uh, you know, and, I would, and when I have the opportunity, I like to watch it in IMAX, not just because of the screen size, but because the sound system is 180,000 times better than every other, uh, you know, available option. Now, people in the States have more options at the theater than we do here in Canada, at least here in Halifax. And so for us, it's either you get, you know, shit tier or yep. IMAX. Those are your two options. And so... Do you guys uh, have IMAX or no? What is it? We call it IMAX here, where they say it's IMAX, but it's not actually like an IMAX screen. Uh, it's yeah, like one no, of the smaller ones. No, we don't have anything like we that. Got, we, we got too many of those. We have a thing called like have... AVX or something where it's it's actually it's it's a regular size screen. It might be a little bigger, but they have a better sound system, so they have like an IMAX. Like, that, sound that's IMAX. That's IMAX okay. where they where they yeah. say it is, but it's not. Yeah, so that's yeah. it. There's bit there's comfier chairs, um, and that's over in Dartmouth. But in terms of the one that Adam and I would go to, like he said, it's it's IMAX or you know regular movie theater. Yeah. Uh, and and you know. nine times because because when I go to the movie theater, I'm usually going for a theater experience. So it's usually a like a blockbuster type deal. 
you know, I'm watching something that's actiony or you know grandiose type stuff. Uh, I'm not going to the theater to watch comedy. So so when I go, it's usually an IMAX thing, and it's almost impossible. Like, very few movies go to IMAX without being 3D. So um, so so again, like uh, with that being said, the, uh, Avatar is still the best 3D movie to have ever been made, and I think that's probably a definitive thing. You could probably make arguments that some movies have have uh, have approached it asymptotically or whatever you want to like approaching zero, but not quite having actually hit <laughs> Avatar status. Um, uh, and, 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 and it's because, you know, like Jeff said, also Cameron invented the technology that he used for his own movie. And so he knows it better than everybody else. And he used it and he used it flawlessly and it looked fantastic. You know, the scene, you know, panic, you're not going to get any of this, but the scene where they're walking through the would be woods and everything's glowing and shit's coming at you. And it was crazy at at the time and even now there's nothing that's topped that one scene in 3d it was it was crazy so it was definitely an experience so that is what i'm looking forward to for the new avatar movies i give zero fucks about literally every excuse me other aspect of avatar I think the story suck balls. I think the acting, except for maybe Sigourney Weaver, was fucking god awful. The guy in the main, the main, you know, the main bad dude, aggravatingly didn't die. Literally, almost ironically, so many times he survived in Budget that movie Arnold. that Budget it just made you want to kill yourself. It was just like, come on, just get it over with. Why are you still alive? And and so it was like that reminds me what. That's why I wasn't interested in Avatar at all, because they were hyping up the technology and everything behind it, and it reminded me of Final Fantasy, The Spirits Within. Yeah, well, yeah. That's what it yeah. reminded me well, of. It's a, it's it's certainly like, a it was just a slight, really piss poor story. It was a damn slight better than Final Fantasy Spirits Within, but yes. still. Oh my god. It wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't anything you know, going to blow your hair back for, for story or, or whatnot, but uh, definitely that's what I'm looking forward to. It's the spectacle. It's what will James Cameron do next. I'm sure he's going to invent some new technology to make these oh, yeah. movies happen. It's probably going to be 4K, some sort of crazy shit. In fact, he might even use 8K for future releases on film. It wouldn't even shock me because there are 8K cameras in existence now being used pretty regularly. So yeah. it wouldn't even yeah. surprise me if that was the case. Uh, but I think it's going to be a beautiful thing to to watch and listen to. Uh, and if I get a good story, all the better, but I'm not getting my hopes up for that. I just want to go to the show and, and enjoy my, my experience from James Cameron. Yeah. And that's, so we're okay with the five movies from James Cameron, as opposed to the 15 movies from Michael Bay, just so we're clear. Well, on that James Cam- yes. That, that well, ratio I mean, is perfect. I mean, <laughs> I mean, James, yeah. James Cameron is a far, oh, I love his movies usually yeah. far better director and writer than fucking Michael Bay. We're talking about the guy that has of made course. Terminator, <laughs> Terminator 2. I mean, everything that this guy yeah. touches is box office gold and pretty much great under the right uh, under the majority of people. Um, and just James Cameron to, is a director's director. Yes, I mean he is, and he doesn't he, he doesn't shit out movies. The guy only makes movies like once every you know six seven years. He he shows up. He really takes his time. He has other passion projects and stuff, but he really. He really eat, breathes everything, the films that he's working on. And yes, Avatar did surpass Titanic with $2.7 billion. 
uh, Titanic at two point one billion, and Star Wars: The Force Awakens just over two billion dollars. So those are your um, your your top three grossing movies of all time. James Cameron owns the top two, and the guy has done both. But uh, Avatar all done, he'll own the when, top five. And when you think about it, <laughs> and when you really think about this, Avatar is a new property. It, it's it's something that he created. Yes. Now there there is a a thing out there where people are saying it was a complete copy off uh, Dances uh, with the Wolves, which is a which is a movie about uh, a soldier that goes to a land and meets up with natives, falls in love with one of the native girls, and leads a battle uh, for the native army and stuff like that. And and uh, I even think there was a lawsuit at some point. Uh, between the the writers and stuff like that, um, so a lot of people were angry about about that. And I don't even say angry, but just saying we're not going to give James Cameron all the credit because the story has been told before. And let's be honest, it has been told before. We've seen it many times. It's a popular uh, dances story. with wolves. It's a popular story. Yeah. Uh, what I would love to see if if and it is going to happen, where it's going to we're going to get four more movies. I would love to see him add more to the story. Now, uh, obviously. Um, it's no different than Star Wars The Force Awakens. You know, we've got a new hope again. That's basically what we got introducing new characters. That, you know, nobody's really bashing on the movie for that because it was done well. It's kind of the same thing with Avatar. It was done well, and what Adam said, and he hit it on the head, it's an experience. And that's what moviegoers want. We, 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 for me, I go to, you know, dozens of movies a year. I, I want an experience. I know I'm getting that when I go into... A James Cameron film. I know I'm going to get one when I go into a Christopher Nolan film, and that's what's selling me here. I'm not in it necessarily for the story, although the world is very intriguing, and I can't wait to see where they go with it. He spent many years writing these scripts. Um, it's it excites me the way that Star Wars excites me in terms of I may have a franchise that I can lean on, lean on, and get a really cool experience once a year uh, for the next several years. So. Um, I'm all thumbs up for it. Uh, Panic, you should definitely watch it. I'm not saying it's the greatest movie yeah, I'm ever. Not ag- I'm not against it. It's just uh, like, oh, I'll, I'll make time. But it's it's definitely good. I'd love to hear what other people have to say about Avatar. I'm not going to talk too much more because I could talk about James Cameron and, and Avatar forever. But we will move on to the next uh, um, movie news or you know mm. discussion. And that is the announcement of the Gears of War movie that is happening, and I kind of yeah. threw it in there. Um, you know, Please we can God talk no. about we can talk about Gears of War, but um, <laughs> and and it being a, a movie, it, it's actually greenlit. It's happening. Um, okay, but I I wanted to throw Please in God. there if, if you guys could pick <laughs> a video game to movie adaptation as the best right. ever, what would it be, uh, and why? I guess Rama. we'll start. We'll start with 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 Panic. Panic. Do you want to see a Gears of War movie? Uh, and what's your favorite uh, video game movie does adaptation? Look, does he look like a motherfucker that wants to see a Gears of War movie? It's not even just Gears of War. I'm like I'm I'm racking my brain here because um, I, I I I kind of I, just so you guys know I look over the notes and stuff throughout the day or throughout the week, and I saw this topic go, and I was sitting at my desk at work, and my eye just kind of started twitching. Because I, for the life of me, I have a really good memory, but I could not think of a video game movie that I have liked. Um, I was just trying to put them together, just like what happened, which movies came out based on video games, and were they any, were they ever really any good? Yeah. 
To um, be fair, they don't do them well. Let me let 80% me let me rapid fire. Video game movies were made by Uwe the Boll, only... who is probably the most incompetent filmmaker to have ever walked to the planet Earth. So if we can just leave out the Uwe Boll's game... yeah. shit. The original Mortal Kombat movie was maybe the one that I think was serviceable and they did right by the source material and it was fun to watch, but like Max Payne was terrible. Um, start rattling off movies that came out based on video games. Uh, Warcraft. Half of them are Resident uh, Evil. Um, Tomb Raider. Uh, Street Fighter. Mortal Kombat. Mortal Kombat Annihilation. Final Fantasy. The Spirits uh, Within or whatever. Uh, Max Payne. Alone in the Dark. Silent Doom, Hill. Uh, Silent Hill. Uh, Six Resident Evil movies. House of D- House of the Listen, Dead. Super Mario Resident Bros. Evil was the Resident only Evil's. franchise that did relatively well, but it was completely separate, kind of, from what it was in the games. Mm. But just kind of the same universe. They did that relatively well. But then you have like the original Mortal Kombat was pretty good, but Hitman. Annihilation was terrible. Um, Hitman wasn't that great a movie. I mean, it played to the source material and they were faithful to it, but it wasn't. It didn't do critically well. It didn't do well all that well in general. It was a um, six out of ten for me. It was count. watchable. Hitman yeah. was watchable. Yeah. It was watchable. It was yeah. watchable. But we were talking about like you know the best video game adaptation. Is oh, six out of well, ten. There is the no. Best there we can is come no up really with. best. Yeah. I mean, Resident Evil. If we're going on box yeah. office numbers, then Resident Evil wins that. I think by mm. by miles, and I think it's probably because China. Especially in the last couple, yeah. China's probably carried the sweet ever living shit out of out of Resident Evil, but um, I yeah, don't count the I, Final I, Fantasy seven movies because those are actually directly based on the game and they're not adaptations; yeah. they're actual. So the, um, the, the the highest the highest grossing um, video game movie adaptations uh, number one is, and I figured was uh, Laura Croft Tomb Raider. Uh, obviously, mm. Angelina Jolie. The first Jolie. one was not bad. No, yeah, the first Jolie. one was not bad. Um, and the second highest was uh, the Angry Birds movie. And then we had uh, Prince of Persia, which was the uh, the fourth. Oh, Jake Mortal Kombat Jake comes Jake down at fifth. Yeah. And Resident uh-huh. Evil's down at number seven. Uh, then, mm. then Resident Evil kind of takes ten, nine, and like seven. The next, and then, yeah, the next, and then there's the next, Assassin's like, Creed. Spots. Uh, Assassin's Creed in there uh, somewhere. But that yeah. Assassin's Creed was Michael Fassbender, right? Yeah. Yeah, it was Fassbender, yeah. Yeah. Was that? Did you guys watch that I or watch no? It like, I, I saw it was, that uh, and I was like, no interest. I heard it was no a interest. pile of dump fire ass, and I refused to go watch yeah. it. That's that was. That's generally what happens when they announce when they announce video game franchise movies. I'm just like, I really don't want to watch it because you're just going to ruin the game for me. This like, I, I have good, good memories of this. Don't destroy it. That writers make or break a movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. which sounds like well, so, which sounds really obvious. But you don't really, you know, there are lots of movies that that have managed to do okay without good writers. But if there's one thing that will always fail, it's if you're trying to translate from one medium to another and you have a bad writer, it's bad. If, you know, if it's a bad writer, but it's been written for movies from square one, you can get away with it sometimes. But if you do an adaptation from a book or uh, in this case, a video game, then a good writer will either make or break you. Mm-hmm. crazy hard they, they've uh, been talking about like a mass effect movie um when they yeah. announced that i was just like no please god no don't do it like just yeah. just let it be yeah and if we're Apparently talking microsoft been working on the halo and stuff if we're too. talking worldwide uh sales uh warcraft comes in at number one at uh 430 million dollars which is you know pretty big um yeah. and that's basically all overseas i mean the movie did really bad in north america um, and yeah. then Angry Birds still came in at number two, and then number three was uh, Prince of Persia. So, um, 
you know, the the list doesn't change too much, but uh, Warcraft is is definitely the highest grossing uh, by uh, almost a hundred million dollars, um, and that's mm, because it oh did wow. so well in China. Um, China, but yeah, I, China will so, take you places. Oh, China! China is the movie industry. Um, yeah, more and more, more and more movies are catered to China. That's why you usually see one Chinese actor or actress in a Hollywood movie now. Um, a lot of the a lot of the set pieces you're going to see in China, um, yep. at least one one or two scenes in the movie, um, and even China will have movies, uh, a lot of blockbusters where there are scenes specifically for China that they don't even get played in North America. It's a it's it's the same film but with an added scene or something like that, and of it's course like a director's you can, cut version, a director's cut, but but for uh, for China, so. Um, that's definitely the biggest. So if you had to go with one, you're picking Mortal Kombat. What about for you, Adam? In terms of my favorite currently made video game. One? Yeah. So your, your favorite, uh, video game, uh, Silent Hill. to movie. First one. Oof. Okay. It wasn't. Did Silent Hill release in the States or was it a, uh, like a, I thought that was like a Japanese special release or whatever. No, no. The first uh, Silent, I could have sworn Silent I saw Hill, it there were two. There were two of them, I think, and one was the more recent and absolutely terrible. And then the first one the was one actually pretty good. John Snow. John Snow is in yes, this one. Yes, I think yeah. that was the first one. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's the one. I and saw. And then also John Snow and um, Ned, Ned Stark. Ned, fucking what's his name? Yeah, uh, the, the Sean guy Bean. who dies in every movie. Yeah, Sean Bean. Sean dies Bean. in every movie. So yeah, it was fun. <laughs> it was it was about like Sean for Bean. for Silent for Silent Hill. It was a it was as a movie. It was a, a little rough, but it was fan servicey. And I and but they did for me. They did the if they if you're gonna do fan service, you need to do it really really fucking well, right? Mm-hmm. And I mm-hmm. think for video game movies, the first Silent Hill did fan service better than any other video game movie I've seen. Yeah, I think they, uh, they nailed it pretty yeah, hard. Yeah, you know what? I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna go and one up you there. I, I think Silent Hill did did a good job, but I'm gonna go with the original Resident Evil. Um, I think that was very well done in terms of fan service. Uh, if you are a big fan of Resident Evil, you got a lot of the Easter eggs that were in there. Uh, it was just it was just filled with with mm-hmm. just nerd nerddom. Um, the the and the the actors and actresses were good. Um, I, I thought it was just well realized on film and it didn't suck. Um, and it was, it felt like a zombie movie. It felt like a, um, like a claustrophobic, uh, intense, like, you know, there were stakes involved. Um, it wasn't just a, a generic mess. Uh, I'll have to go with Resident Evil, uh, for my, for my number one. And I was gonna, I was actually going to say, I was thinking I was going to go with Need for Speed, um, with uh, oh that was the um what's it oh, Aaron Paul right? Need for Paul. Speed yeah. was so I was, bad. I was thinking oh, about going God. with Need for Speed. The reason why uh, oh I mean I just had a video play. Um, the reason why I was going to pick Need for Speed is because <laughs> it was exactly what Need for Speed was as a video game, and it was a comparable. I actually thought Need for Speed. So they were faithful to it. Yeah, I thought Need for Speed was better okay. than Tokyo Drift. I thought it was better than um, Fast and Furious Two. Um, some people are going to be like, "You're fucking retarded," and you know what? By all means, <laughs> go ahead and call me it. it. It's all good. You're not allowed to have your opinions, um, Jeff. Yeah, of course. I, well, yeah, but I mean, um, <laughs> was it was it a great movie? No, uh, it was riding off the success of Aaron Paul. 
And I thought he did a good job at starring in a in a blockbuster. It did relatively well. It's the seventh gross, uh, uh, most grossing video game movie at two hundred three million. So it made money, uh, and it was good enough car porn. And it knew exactly what it was. Um, it's just it knew exactly what it was. I, I'd have to watch Fast and Furious two again. I don't know. Maybe I went a little bit too far when I said Fast <laughs> two. But watch both of them most at the same time. Certainly liked it more than Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift. Uh, and if Han wasn't in that movie, I wouldn't even, it wouldn't even be a movie. So, um, I, I have to put that above it, but I, I'm still going to stick with Resident Evil by far my favorite. And in my opinion, most, um, faithful to the source material and made it feel like the game, uh, and, and a way that it would, that it worked for the, cin- uh, for the, for the cinema. Because the thing is, there's a lot of video games that work well as a video game, but it doesn't translate well to the big screen in an hour and a half or two hours. It just doesn't. Uh, it's no different than movie to or uh, novel to movie adaptations. Sometimes you need 250 pages. Sometimes you need 40 hours of gameplay in order to get the payout. When you rush it and you're trying and you know that you have to do the fan service and you have to stay uh, to the source material because you're going to get picked apart if you don't then it, that can become a problem. Well, yeah, oh, yeah, like the way I see absolutely. it is a game in general, like there's a lot of agency given to you, the viewer, the player. And, you know, you, you, part, of it, part of the involvement in the whole game is that you are playing through it. You're making the decisions. You're kind of going through it. And in a movie, you don't have that agency. You're not as involved. You know, you're just an observer for a movie. And that's why I think a lot of these video game movies do fail mm-hmm. because the video game – like universes and stories are meant where you as the player are shaping it and moving with it. But the movie is supposed to, on the merits of its story alone, have to draw you in and bring you along with it. Mm-hmm. So I think and, that kind of really changes the dynamic. That's why a lot of them fail. And I would definitely have given number one to uh, Warcraft. I thought they got the world down right. The The voice acting was on point. Um, it, it, it was, it was, I was going to say it was a pretty looking movie and that was where my problems was is, is if, if they would have got the feel of the movie to feel like the world of Warcraft, I would definitely put that number one. I wasn't a huge fan of it. I think I may have given it a six and a half out of, out of 10 or maybe Did we really need the 16 foot wide shoulder pads? Did no, we really we need that? It also yes. felt a lot like Avatar. It, yeah. it almost felt like a budget Avatar. Um, and and the, the thing is... I felt they felt, went too CG. It was very CG, and it wasn't consistent CG. Sometimes it was phenomenal, and other times it was like, you know, it's... it's, it's you can tell they were running out of money at some point. It's normal to have different departments and different studios to do different types of CGI, but it, it felt as though the consistency with it wasn't all there and then the the way that they filmed it i found a lot of the scenes felt like sets it felt like a movie set when i was watching the screen i got in my mind i was taken out of it and i said wow that's a move like i felt, felt like i was almost uh, yeah it, it was almost like I, I i was watching it being filmed it was very weird how they did it it didn't feel natural it felt like things were placed in certain spots to be placed in certain spots and obviously that's what you do in a movie. You you make the set, but it felt like the set was made, and it just took me right out of the movie. Um, but I would definitely have put in that number one if they would have gotten it right 
Um, I don't think we're going to see another one, but if we do, you, uh, maybe they'll make make good on their mistakes. I saw this mentioned, but did you boys watch the Doom movie? I completely forgot that one. Oh yeah, I saw it. Was garbage. It was horrible. Yeah, even so, it was even, even the bad. Rock, even the Rock makes fun terrible. of the Doom. Like he, yeah, even Rock bad. is like that was an awful movie. In the movie, they're making fun of themselves. Uh, it was just and it's an unfor- absolute and it's un- horrible. It's unfortunate. That's why my eyes started twitching because that was the one that I couldn't remember. But I was yeah. like, it was so bad. You could do Doom well. You do you do Doom as an over the top shooter, right? But they they didn't do over the top. They just did full blown cheese, and it looked like it looked like somebody doing a cosplay at Comic Con, running through hallways. Not supposed and to die here. Well, let's let's actually talk yeah. before we move on to uh, tech support. Let's actually just quickly talk about Gears of War, uh, the movie, because that was sort of part of the topic. Yeah. Um we've got we've got uh, the writer uh, and co writer of the new Avatar movies that are coming up he's writing them with james cameron he is going to be he's going to be writing uh gears of war uh in terms of who's going to be in the movie that is not determined yet uh there were some names kind of kind of cycling around (laughs) the rock you know the rock is is a movie steroids Uh, you know you throw you throw the rock in there and and it's you know, it's there's it's, a ninety percent uh, chance you're going to see a juiced up Dwayne the Rock Johnson playing in Gears of War, especially if they've got a half decent fucking director and a de- and a like a reasonable budget. Get him see the and Rock. Dave Batista. Oh, yeah, yeah, good. exactly. That would be Bautista that would be, in there. be a good. I actually yeah. can see that would be a really good duo on screen because of the yeah, wrestling. Be great they're both together. big I think dudes. Be great together. Yeah. I just think The yeah. Rock now is so famous, and he's such an A-list actor. Even though he's not the greatest actor, he, he's he, he's a box office fucking steroid dynamite, crazy uh-huh. ass. The the guy, whatever he touches, it's making money. Period. It's making a lot of money. I think he's beyond that, and and also with the he with, might take this with the he might take this just because. I don't know. This would make him a lead. Like I don't know if the gears if the, if the writing is good and he can get in on it. He might take it just because it would make him a leading man on a franchise. What about what about Terry Crews? I could see Terry oh Crews, God. but he doesn't Those seem. Three, I think I think Terry Crews isn't he isn't a star. Uh, he's a great he's a great uh, he's uh, comic relief. I thought that he's, yeah. he's, he's a strong supporting actor. He's a strong supporting actor. He's a supporting actor. So you get him in there, and I'm just—he's comedic, he's comedic relief. And if I'm not, I thought for sure one of the, like the black dudes that were from the Gears of War cast was the, the comedic relief in the game. But maybe I'm just thinking of that wrong, and I can't remember because it's been literally since the release of Gears of War that I played it. Yeah, I mean, there's, a there's, 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 a, there's new ones, but I, I, you know, as much as I would love to see The Rock touch something like that, I think he's, I think he's too big for Gears of War. I, I don't, and and you know, his his. His schedule is already ridiculous, and the amount of movies and stuff, and he's going, he's going got like in three franchises. Yeah, going he's going on into right now, the right? Marvel, you know, cinematic universe or the DC cinematic universe or wherever. He's going into DC, DC as, uh, yeah, Black as, Adam. Yeah, Black Adam. So uh, I, I don't know. <laughs> um, you know, if you throw the Rock in there, it's gonna, it's likely gonna do well. Um, but I, I like, I like Dave Batista. Now that could be a role for him. He's starting, cast. Yeah. he's starting to uh, become a good actor. And from what I'm hearing in Guardians of the Galaxy 2, which I'm going to see tomorrow night, um, I, I hear he has a, a couple of scenes where you actually see some emotion and people were very surprised that he had that type of range as an actor. And he still hasn't gotten his leading role. He's done a couple of uh, a B B rated, you know, martial arts films where he's like, you know, the, the main bad guy or he's some shit man. or whatever. Uh, but, to star in a movie like this, I think that that 
would be a good thing. But at the same time, we wouldn't want a bunch of soldiers to make it look like the Expendables. Uh, it would, you know, I guess in due time. Right it now, has it's to gonna be. Announce, it's gear. It's gears of war. Gears of War is going to be. It's going to be a buddy. It's going to be like a buddy a cop buddy movie because Gears of War is a pair. Is a is a pair in most of them the games. I guarantee you, they're going to try to play that dynamic off with buddy soldiers. Mm. But you go ridiculously two ways buff soldiers. You, you, you go you go two two ways with Gears of War, right? You 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 go you know the with the games, violence. which was a uh, was which was a bit of of over the top violence to a comedic effect with some dark undertones in the story, or you go full blown dark gritty R rated monster mayhem and just fucking go ham. Yeah, yeah. And so those you're saying are the monster two mayhem options. or Bruce Campbell? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if we'll get an R-rated Gears of War. It, it doesn't seem. I'd be surprised. Probably making enough money. Yeah, it, it's it's just. I think they're gonna want to. They're gonna want to uh, cater to the demographic of the 14, 15 year olds. I mean, you know, uh, Gears have made like a billion dollars in sales. So mm, you know, they're it's yeah. a massive franchise. It's huge. Um, we'll have to wait and see. Well, it, it, it's gonna boil down to who they have starring in it. They have some reputable yep. people behind the scenes that are actually working on it. And we also got this far in production with the movie, a little tiny movie called Halo that never actually mm. ended ended up happening, which Neil Blum uh Blumkamp Didn't was supposed like, to um uh, uh direct that was the District Nine guy. District right? Nine guy and the Ele- yeah. Elysium uh dude. Didn't they come out with like Forward Unto Dawn or something and like a couple of Netflix shorts and other uh, ones of Halo? Cinema? Yeah. Uh, yeah, they did a li- it, that was like more of a concept. They were it was okay. Like, yeah, they yeah, weren't they were too. Like okay. I watched one of them. It wasn't too. I don't bad. think Halo works uh, as a movie. To be completely honest with you, I just don't. No, think it's, it's too much player agency. Like you're the character. It doesn't work as a movie. Yeah. yeah. Master yeah. Chief's not like a spoken person. You know yeah, what so I we'll found see. out. We'll see. You know what I found out the other day, just related to this topic. I found out that remember when we talked about games that we would like to see turned into movies or TV mm-hmm. shows? Mm-hmm. I actually found out that Rama, which is one of the things I said what I would love to see as a as a show or a movie, mm-hmm. is and has been for like ten years now under the belt of Morgan Freeman, who has been looking for a writer for this because he's because Morgan Freeman himself wants to make a Rama movie he is just waiting for a good script and so that has been ongoing and occasionally you'll see people ask him in interviews about it and he'll talk and he'll go into Morgan Freeman off into no man's land and just jabber about it forever so he's super interested in making it <laughs> and uh, I had no idea that was the case but lo and behold that's that is the case and that's I, cool. I who knows if we'll ever find Morgan Freeman will ever find a script that he actually thinks is good because God only knows how it. picky Morgan Freeman is. <laughs> but, well, uh, he's not that picky, dude. He's in about a million movies, true. bad and good. I think it's true, more but, of a studio uh, giving the green light to fork out the yeah, money yeah. to make it, and and yeah, yeah. you know all the space the movies and shit that's going on, and the fact that it's got a it's it's based on Arthur C. Clarke. I mean, I don't think it's a stretch to fucking make a Rama uh, a Rama movie. It's just, uh, it's just you know somebody's going to eventually pull the trigger in my lifetime. I can guarantee it. It's just a matter of when. But I just thought it was cool that Morgan Freeman was the dude who was who was kind of uh, trying to push it as a thing. So that was kind of neat. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. So what do you guys so think? Let we... us know. Let us know. Yeah. Yeah. Let us know what you guys think. What you know? What about the Gears of War? And then if you guys have ideas from from movies that uh, you might like to see as you know, or games that you might like to see as movies, let us know about that too. Gentlemen, it's tech support time. You guys ready? Mm. 
Mm, Do you have I'm questions not, ready, gentlemen? I got my question already. Oh, there oh, you go. Got my question ready on to go. the ball. Jeff can go look at his. Always we'll ready. The first one. I'm looking right now. All right. All right. This question is brought to you by Neil Pring. He's one of our Ten Sheet supporters. Right. Hey. Thank you very much, Neil. Thank you, Neil. You're gonna, you're gonna, you guys are going to like this question. Okay. Who do you think you would be from Dragon Ball Z, and who do you think the other hosts would be? Oh, oh this is this shit. is the easiest fucking thing of all time. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. It's a little tough one. I, I actually don't know who I would be. I would maybe. I don't know. I, I don't want to. I want to go beyond Z because I don't feel like I like fit in with any he of the. He said one Dragon Z Ball characters. Z, motherfucker. He said Dragon Ball yeah, Z. Not even super. Not even super. Not super. Fuck and super. I don't want any spoils because I haven't watched it yet. <laughs> uh, oh, that's a tricky one for me. Um, I don't know. I'd probably go with like a, I'd probably be TN or something. Just because as much as I would love to be one of the Saiyans, I don't match the personalities of them except maybe a little bit on the Vegeta side of things. I already, probably I already know TN. all mine. <laughs> Keep oh, going. Jeff, 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 Jeff's known oh, about shit. this since he was a kid. Oh shit! Yeah. I mean, it's um, obvious. I would, I, I, I would do Jeff as I, I would say Jeff is Goku, but not to spoil it for him. But everyone in the audience will know this. Um, Jeff is probably more of a Dragon Ball Super Goku than a Dragon Ball Z Goku, and you guys can all laugh about that. Um, I'm gonna say Adam is gonna think he's a Piccolo. Whoa, 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 whoa! But, Did you um, just fucking Yamcha. call me Goku, motherfucker? Yes. Oh my god, what the fuck? Oh shit. All right. All right, man. Sure. Continue, All continue, right. Panic. Continue. All right, cool. cool. I, I was saying Adam is more of a Yamcha than a Piccolo. <laughs> but yeah. This plays to nobody on iTunes or anything right now. Jeff's pointing his webcam at the giant hand painted Vegeta that he has on his wall. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. Jeff would pick Vegeta for himself, but I don't. I don't see it. Oh my he, he's more of the Goku. All right. Oh. All right. All right. All right, Jeff. What about you? Go ahead. Uh, okay. Uh, I am Vegeta, without a doubt. I am the guy. <laughs> I am the motherfucking guy. The Vegeta. Um, I'm loyal to the ones that I love, but I'm quiet about it. I will fight and I would die for anybody uh, that I truly care about. I um Goku does I, that too? I never I never feel as though I get to where I want to be and I have moments of being the best and being great but then I am I'm reminded shortly after that I am not the all powerful and and there's always somebody that is better than I and it infuriates me, um, and I and I so desperately try and train, and I'm in my own space, you know, narcissistic in a way, but caring enough in a way um, that I'm still human, but at the end of the day, I can be selfish, and uh, and I'm just badass. So, you know? Princess Trunks, I am, I am motherfucking Vegeta. I am Vegeta, period. Um, I am the Adam. Hype. Adam is Yamcha. Adam is motherfucking Yamcha. He's got the look. Oh. He's the guy. Wolf, that, Wolfang fist, motherfucker. He's the guy that is. A, he's a. He's a strong, loyal dude. 
but he doesn't necessarily want to be the front of the pack. He doesn't want to he doesn't want to have all the weight of the world on his shoulders, but he's always there to lend a helping hand. Um, you know, good-looking guy, uh gets the girl and you know, that's the show. Uh Tabine is <laughs> Mr. Popo. <laughs> wow. Oh wow. my god. Oh my god, wow. he went there. <laughs> oh no. No! Oh, shit! No! I'm Team Four Star Popo. I will take Team Four Star wow. Popo. Wow! Popo. <laughs> Jeff, after this, I'm going to send you a video and you'll understand. Oh, oh my shit. God! Wow. Oh, Mr. Popo. That's wow. Incredible. You went there. 10 out of 10. Um, yeah, you're Mr. <laughs> you're Mr. You're fired. You're, you're Mr. fired. You're Mr. Popo. Um, you're just laid back. You're full of wisdom. You're laid quiet. back. Yeah, you're quiet. You're concerned. Um, you seem always worried. Um, <laughs> it's just you are. You're you know you're, you're darker than everybody you're a, else here. You're a, you're of you know? East Asian descent, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> You're and a, I don't you're, mean you're, that. You're right a, I don't. I'm not. You're a I'm terrible not person, a shot Jeff. At you, dude. I'm just. You know, I, I was asked a question. I'm answering Look, it. I dude, love you. I'm I, Yamcha. You fucking take fucking Mr. Popo dude, and I, fucking run with it. <laughs> Holy shit! You're right there, Yamcha. Oh, Get shit. fucked. Oh, what fuck. did you even? What did you even say? I was panic. What did, did you call? What did you? Uh, I said you were Yamcha. I said you, you think you're Piccolo, but you're Yamcha. <laughs> fuck me. <laughs> Holy you think you're Piccolo, shit. but you're Yamcha. Oh, best Patreon. I definitely don't think I'm Piccolo. Uh, I don't. I don't know. I actually don't know who the fuck I think I am in the Z you're universe. You're Yamcha, bro. You. You're Yamcha. Maybe. But you you, like you're playing too. me like I'm a like a fucking ladies man. The fuck do you think this is? Well, I don't think you're a ladies man, but you know you, you're a good looking, you you're a good super. looking dude. I, I, you know, you're definitely not they're a ladies ripped, man. They're all ripped fucking aliens. They're all you good were looking people. You were before, so you know you had your Chris Redfield days. I mean, if we if we bring no, it I'm, back, I'm there. not saying I'm saying they're all good looking. Like the whole lot of them are fucking you know short of you know. I just feel like you. I just feel like you fit that mold the best. I can't give you Goku. Uh, you're definitely not Piccolo. You're definitely not Piccolo. Um, you're not Gohan. Uh, you're not a Saiyan. You know, and we're we're talking Dragon Ball Z here. Uh, you're not a villain. Sure. You're sure. you're 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 Yamcha. You're Yamcha. You're not hardcore I'm, like Tien. You're not uh, useless like Chaozu. Yeah, you're not Tien. You're, you're not, not bald Chaozu. like Krillin. Yeah, you're not Krillin. You're Yamcha, man. Yamcha. Either that or Yajirobe. I was gonna say you might as well make me Yajirobe for God's sake. Yeah, uh, I'm, still, I'm still I'm still siding towards Yamcha. You're not Trunks. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, it's you're just you're Yamcha, dude. Oh, uh, I call myself. I, I would call myself closer to. I mean, now this is Panic's gonna lose his mind because I don't know what Panic thinks. Like as in as if. Being a Saiyan has anything to fucking do with this whole thing right now. We're going on like personality traits, not you don't fucking, have the hype, not power level for God's sake. You don't <laughs> have the hype. Yeah, we're not, it's definitely not a power level thing. It's it's a no, personality it's thing. Like you, you know, it, yeah. it's it's who you radiate. You know, who who what kind? I don't know. Why uh, I, I, think so I think I'm I think I think I'm adult right? Gohan. To be completely fucking honest with you, uh, I'm I, I'm like. 
I'm calm 90% of the time, and then I just fucking lose my godforsaken mind out of nowhere, and it's the only time I have any power at all, and then I go back to being a bitch for the rest of the fucking time, and then that's, like, the entire thing. And then, you know, we can go on to, like, the, the, uh, the Facebook, do, do your fucking survey to find out what, you know, if you're house Gryffindor, Jeff over here talking about being there for his family and friends <laughs> and shit, but, but at the end of the day, I think I'm just I think I'm just at all Gohan. I'm like the regular ass dude that every once in a while does something spectacular, but at the end of the day you still get fucked over and you become you know, say a man. <laughs> you know what, Adam? That's me. You won me over. I'll accept that. You won me over. I, I will upgrade okay. you from Yamcha to Teen Gohan. Uh, Teen Gohan? I'll upgrade him from Yamcha to Saiyaman. Well, that's that's what it was. The great Saiyaman saga is teen, it's teenager Gohan, right? Oh, you, you know, know who else was... it could you know who else I would have accepted? Uh Android 16. Mm. I would have accepted Android 16. Mm. But yeah, you're not you're not quiet. If you were the strong He's a quiet robot. type, you know, if I'm, you were when I'm if, not on a microphone, you're an emotionless I'm super, robot. I'm super fucking yeah, but you quiet. say yeah, but you say more you, like you're you're more impactful. Like you're you're you you know the well, Android sixteen is the type of guy. <laughs> yeah, I understand, but Android sixteen would be the type of guy that when he walks in a room, you don't he doesn't have to say anything. People, you know, automatically know this guy's a badass. He doesn't have to speak. Um his energy, you just feel it. Uh you kind of know who he is the moment you see him. Uh and, and thinking you, about these Dragon Ball Z characters in depth. Well, no, not at all. I just, you know, I, I'm a good, I'm a good judge of character. I, I like to evaluate people and like the, you know, and I've watched a lot of Dragon Ball Z. So I, and I am, I am changing my point of view to you are the teen Gohan. You actually okay. won me over with I'm, that because I was you going are a adult boy. Go, I was going adult you're, Gohan. You're, well, I mean, there is just really take the no, win, Adam. There is really it. no like adult Gohan in, in, in. Well, I mean, teen, I, guess, teen, I, mean, I mean, Teen Teen Gohan was was just. I mean, I'm not I'm not upset with Teen Gohan because Teen Gohan has the greatest moment in well, all of the entire well, doing, series. So I'm well, okay no, with he that. wasn't even a teen then. He was like really young. Like he, there was a kid Gohan, and then there was like 11 or 12 year old Gohan is the one that blew up Cell. And then the, when he, he was like, in high school, wasn't he like is it, oh, when he was that, a teenager? Oh, yeah, that's true. So oh, they play him Gohan, off. He looks like right? he's tw- he looks like he's nineteen course, or twenty years old in the they, fucking show. Adult Gohan is in Super. He's not in. He's yeah. not in. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. So you know he was really young. I'll just leave right? it at not infantile Gohan and call it a fucking day. So that's that's me. Yeah. You can choose yeah, which version team. of right, Gohan you want. All right, say a man. But I'll I'll, go, I'm say, I'll I'll take say a man. I'll take say a man all day. Mr. So, Popo. and what do, what do you guys think in, in the com- in the comment section? I didn't even get to t- tell you, you, totally you guys yet. Oh yeah, that's right. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. All right, I think I think I think Panic is is probably <laughs> not Mr. Popo. <laughs> that's just deep. I can't even do that on a racial oh. level. It's just dark. Oh, wow. Uh, wow. That's dark. There's going to be memes on Twitter. Uh, just missed, oh, yeah. Twitter's going to be panic as Mr. Popo. Oh, uh, shit, dude. This just made uh, my night. I'm would, sorry, Panic. Who would, yeah, I love who would you. Panic be? I mean, oh, honest, honestly, Mr. Propo is kind of fitting. <laughs> I, like, it's hard to. Wow. I'm trying you to. Guys you guys don't know me at all. I'm trying to think of. I'm trying to think of something else, but I think I think it's either that or or Krillin is my or my or my, my, wow. my choices. Krillin, yeah. I am more effective than both of you. Uh. <laughs> 
I, I think I think probably 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 that uh, that or like wow. a that or like um, not even a Bardock or a Kibito or something. No, or I was Kai? gonna say I was gonna say I was gonna say like um, one of the Kai's maybe. I just don't know which. Uh, you could go with I, like a Supreme Kai or I, something. Yeah, I think so. I could definitely see Supreme Kai. I could go. I could definitely I could see go. that. But I, 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 I'm, I, there's no way I can unsee Mr. Popo. There's literally Popo? There, Mr. Popo is, is pretty hard. Hashtag Popo switched. Uh, yeah, you're, I can, I can definitely <laughs> see. I could definitely see King Kai. I could see. You know, yeah. I, I. I think I, King Kai know. is probably what I would. I would honestly go yeah. with. That's true. There's some hybrid, some hybrid between King Kai and Mr. Popo. Uh, is probably the way to go on that. And I think, I think Jeff is, <sighs> you're, Je- you're Vegeta. Yeah, you can't not be. Just based on pride, just based on pride alone, you're Vegeta. Like, you could ignore yeah. every other trait of Vegeta and you just, there's nobody else in, in the Z universe that would fit you better on that alone. So I'm, I'm, I'm giving I love up that Vegeta. you brought up the word pride. I didn't even have that in my in my description of myself. That is you, literally you. the one word description of of <clears throat> Vegeta is is pride, and that would be, yeah, that would be that would be you for sure, with, without question. Yep. No, that's good. In the comment section, I want you guys to write down, you know, Adam or Nova War, Panic, and Maximus, which character in Dragon Ball yeah, Z which are only. We? And DBZ, mm. not Super, not Dragon Ball, DBZ, who is who? And and I'll definitely look at the comment section and have a good laugh on what you guys, uh, what you guys it's think. Definitely Princess <laughs> Trunks for Jeff. Oh my good God in heaven! Uh, um, okay, so what's the ne- what's the next question, Jeff? What do you what do you got? Um, man, uh, I was I was kind of looking and then I stopped looking because um, it was just so much fun talking. <laughs> Mr. About. Popo just absorbed all of your thoughts at once and you couldn't get you know, him out of your I'm, mind. I'm really pumped with the amount of uh, people questions that actually submitted questions this week. It's like Good. double what we normally Good. do. So uh, that is that is very very cool. Let's go with. Uh, oh man. It's really tough. I saw one. I saw one good one here. Um, I'm trying to trying to find a funny one or something that we can go to. You know what? Let's get kind of serious. I guess uh, this one comes from Sam uh, Ostrin, who is a ten dollar supporter. So thank you, sir. If you could have a conversation with any person in human history, who would it be, living or dead? Like, do we, how about let's make it one living and one dead. To make it interesting. Okay. All right. All right. I'll, 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 I, I don't know yet. I'm just saying like, one, one living, one dead, I think would be, makes it. Whenever somebody asks me this question, I always want to say one of each because, you All know. Right. One, well, how about this, usually, Adam? How about we start with yeah. you and you give us one or the other? How about you start with one that's living? How about we all start with living and then we'll come back yeah. around for, for, for dead. Okay. All right. Okay. Um, living, Michio Kaku. Who is a theoretical uh, physicist? Who is one of the leading guys for string theory? And mm-hmm. the, the uh, and anybody who knows anything within the physics realm, uh, he's out he's, there, though, man. He is out he there. Is, well, you have to be a bit out there. Uh, all yeah. of them are. Neil deGrasse Tyson's batshit fucking crazy and halfway up his own ass. He can't see. I mean, all of them are a little bit uh, kooky. 
Uh, so it's just the way it is. But at the end of the day, these are the guys that are fucking doing big things in science. And if they're going to be a little crazy to do it, as long as they're not killing people, go, go for it. But he's who got me into physics watching, watching the, I think it was called the beautiful, um, the beautiful universe or something like that. It was, it was a PBS. Yeah. It was a PBS uh, special way back in the day. And he was part of the, or one of the people on it and listening to him talk about physics is super fucking interesting to me because he's somebody that's super passionate about it, but can break it down really, really, really easily, uh, and uh, and and got me super intrigued with the whole thing. Uh, and he done he's done many other documentaries about just about anything you can think of that that are great thinker uh, pieces. So yeah, he might be a little crazy, but uh, I'd, I'd go Michio Kaku for sure. All right, what about you, Panic? Living. Uh, living, I would go with probably Elon Musk. Ooh, that's a good one. Like, yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to go. I don't necessarily want to talk to the theory people. I want to talk to the people who are actually doing stuff now. And that one to me is definitely the most interesting. Without me going, why do you exist? As like a stupid person, Elon Musk is actually <laughs> brilliant at what he's doing, and he's doing it well. Yep. So I feel like that would be really interesting. Uh, you know. Uh... I'm going to go ahead and, oh, man, living. Man, you're really winning me over with uh, Elon. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go and say Neil deGrasse Tyson uh, just because. He was my other choice, yeah. Yeah, just because um, he isn't as out there as Adam's pick. Um, he, you know, he's, he, he he just speaks to me, and yes, Adam is right. He is a little bit up his own ass, but he is a personality, um, and he is, you know, I just bought his audio book, and I'm listening to it now. Um, what I love so much about Neil deGrasse is his his way of thinking. It is the way I think, the way I question things. Um, I love the fact that when he has a debate with somebody, whether it's about religion or about uh, what happens life after death or um, about the possibility of life on other planets. <clears throat> he he always does it in a respectful way in a debate, um, he, and he, but he also does it in a way that no matter how cemented you are in your beliefs, whether it is in a god or, you know, the your, your higher power in a tree in your backyard or whatever it is that is for you, he makes you think – about he has a way of talking to people um in a in a in a in a demeanor in a in a way that you have to respect um or even if you are an ignorant person and I can be ignorant civil discourse yeah I can be ignorant in in arguments to get you know I'm not willing sometimes to change my point of view out of Adam said pride um I feel as though if Neil deGrasse Tyson challenged my beliefs um which would be tough because i kind of think the way he does um but if i did truly care about something or or was brought up in a certain way and he spoke to me the way that he does and explains things with facts um it's hard not to question what you believe i'm not saying he could change your beliefs but having questions is the best form because you don't want anybody to just necessarily change your core beliefs. You know, um, I feel as though that is something that within you got to accept 
um, and analyze, and I feel as though he will ask the right questions to make me or even present the the, the type of evidence or his belief um, and, and his work and what he's experienced and, and has seen that it would question really anybody um, to, to rethink what they think, uh, whether they join over or not. It's not really a cult, but you know what I'm saying. It just gets you thinking. So I would go with Neil deGrasse, and I and I like his voice. Um, I like <laughs> I, I like um, and I like how he he emphasizes things. Um, he's very cinematic. Like let Neil deGrasse Tyson talk him to sleep. Yeah, like he's the guy that we, that could that could put me to sleep uh, with, with his voice. So um, I, I do I do like. There's some people that have agendas. You know, if you if you have a, if you have a, a conversation with a you know a, a very religious person. You know, sometimes their beliefs are so, so in there that it doesn't matter what you say to them, even though you're not trying to win them over, they, they're going to just disregard what you say. And it's because what they believe. And even if you brought them with evidence, it's like, well, that's my faith. You know, I, I don't need evidence for faith. And you're right. You don't. Um, and, and that's that's on you. But what I love about Neil deGrasse is he'll make you question everything um, that you truly believe, and then you and I feel as though if I had a conversation with him, it would be bliss. I'd just like to listen to him talk for for hours. So uh, Neil deGrasse is my guy. All right, so now we're we going with dead people. Dead people. Yeah, you dead see people. dead people now. Rip, rip, rip people. Um, there's, a, I mean, there's obviously a huge number of of people I could probably think of that I would love to talk to that are no longer with us. Uh, so many people from, I mean, people that I don't even know the names of, like people who built some of these walls in Peru that, you know, seemingly defy every piece of engineering that we've ever yeah. fucking had to, to, to date. And uh, you want to know the answers to those questions, like how the sweet shit did you do that uh, with the tools that you had at the time? Even if we could do it today, how the shit did you do it back then kind of kind of deals there's, you know, there's things like that. But, uh, but uh, I think I would love to, in the same vein where... I wanted. I would want to talk to people to clear up history because history is written by the victor. Um, mm-hmm. I would love to talk to Nikola Tesla. I think that would be a fucking crazy conversation. Son of a bitch, you stole mine. <laughs> uh, I think that would be a, a can crazy you, can conversation. You go, can you go over who that is again? Because the the is Nikola. Not so there's Nikola Tesla and there's and there's Thomas Edison. Okay. There's okay. Like I know who AC, Thomas Edison is. Okay. Yeah. So you know Thomas Edison. His history is written by the victor. And it's because taught. history is is written by the victor, right? So, um, for now, nobody knows for sure because so much of of Tesla's shit has been lost, and and he was literally written into obscurity and destroyed as a human being and as a scientist from the ground up. Um, but Edison basically worked him out of the system and the all the a lot of the electric stuff that we have today is based on obviously edison's work whereas tesla had a totally different idea for how to approach a great number of these things and uh ultimately wanted to have free electric for everybody on the planet and thought it was quite doable uh with the work that he was doing unfortunately for a great number of reasons, we could spend like fucking five hours talking about this. There's endless. I urge anybody who doesn't know about Edison and and Tesla to go and watch a, a couple documentaries, read about it because it's absolutely fucking crazy. Is that but why Elon a, Musk a, names the car Tesla? Because it's yes, energy. That's after Tesla. Energy? Well, that's, that that's actually, actually part, part of it. Of it. Um, 
everyone says the electric car is never going <laughs> to make it, and it's like a whole big thing. But Tesla did a lot of electronic based electric based technology, and a lot of people said his stuff is never going to make it, never going to work. So it's kind of he kind of named the company ironically. Wow! But at yeah. the same time, he's doing it. That's well. cool. Yeah. So oh, it's cool. it's um so you know. And uh, so history tells us, you know, I mean, because who knows, maybe, maybe Edison did have the right answers. Maybe Tesla wasn't. Maybe Tesla, Tesla was, but I mean, because he was eventually, he eventually went into obscurity and basically withered away as a person. Like if you watch documentaries and stuff, he literally turned into like a a human bean pole and, and a recluse and never left his his place. I mean, his uh, his all of his shit burnt to the ground in one of his offices. He lost literally everything, uh, and after that, it was just all downhill. And uh, but again, we he don't know got run history. Into the ground. Yeah, history is one of those things that you with certain things, especially when you're talking about the who's going to win out for standardization of electricity in in North America and the world, and how much money that would have been to those people at the time. Just think about that. It's fucking electricity yeah, it's as a starting yeah. point. <laughs> uh, you know, to really know what the answers were to that and what really happened would be kind of cool. And to do that, you know, talking with with Tesla, uh, I guess you could easily, just as easily say Edison. But we already know Edison's point of view because he won. So I'd like to know, you know, what Tesla's was. Cool. Panic? Um, Since Adam stole Tesla from me... um. I would probably probably go with um, Einstein just because there was mm. – even to this day, there's just a lot of stuff that he came up with that people still don't understand fully. Like there were pieces of his theories that he had completed but never quite com- like committed to paper or had gotten out and finalized. So there's uh, – you know, and he had just such a uh, – Strong understanding of the universe, and it's even the to theory this day, of everything. Yep. That one inch equation that was on his desk is what Michio Kaku yeah. saw in a picture as a kid and kickstarted his entire. And that's what the entirety of yeah. physics is right now is just the messy shit that he had on his desk. And they're still trying to, yeah, they're, they're, they're still trying to figure out, you know, what Einstein figured out. So just getting yeah. any sort of insight into that, like again, I am, I am. I am well read and well rounded on a lot of different disciplines, and even then, like, even just getting a fraction of a fraction of a fraction of what Einstein knew would be, I would think, extremely enlightening. Yeah, and that's probably where I'd go. Uh, for me, my choice is an easy one, um, and it is a bit selfish uh, because I am Vegeta, um, and. <laughs> Um, I'm going to take the cop out here and I'm going to say, I would love to talk to my grandmother again. Um, Ooh, I know it's, I know it's totally out of, I know it's totally family out of wise, Family wise, I would love to talk to any of them. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. and I, and I'm not saying that, uh, you know, to pull on any heartstrings, uh, it was the first person that come to my mind. Um, mm-hmm. a big part of my life, big part of my childhood and a bigger part to my family. Uh, sorry. <laughs> Uh, oh, it's totally reasonable, man. Yeah. So. <sighs> I miss my nan. And uh, to have one more conversation would be. <laughs> I feel like an idiot right now. I'm sorry. Um, no, man, sorry, dude. Right. Your, mic is, your mic is sounding so good right now. <laughs> Keep it up. I believe in you. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> all right, man. It would be. Uh, 
I was there. I held her when she passed. And uh, it would be amazing to share uh, what I've accomplished with her. So uh, it would definitely be her. I'm sorry. Uh, Nothing to be sorry about, man. Yeah. So without talking too much more, um, definitely my my grandmother, Maxine, uh, she's missed. And uh, by far one conversation would... It would be my world, so sorry. No, that's a good choice. Yeah, it's a very good choice. choice. Yeah, Nikola Tesla sounds so fucking scrubby now. (sighs) (laughs) No, that's a good choice. No, that's understandable for sure. I mean, I remember, I remember when when she passed, what that was like for you. So I can imagine that would be uh, very valuable. One of my it one of tough. my greatest regrets with my uh, with my tough. grandfather as well. So, yeah, I can I can I can only imagine. Uh, so yeah, uh, <laughs> that came out of nowhere. Um, <laughs> great question. Huh, and that's uh, that's I think we should probably wrap it up now. <laughs> it's probably a good. Thing. <laughs> that's where you wrap it up. We wrap it up on on the feels, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, yeah. but yeah, that's, that's, uh, good questions. Thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen, for, uh, for sending those bad boys in. Uh, I still really want to know if I'm Yamcha or if I'm Gohan. <laughs> and I, I want to know how many people think Panic is Mr. Popo because that shit's fucking hilarious. Uh, they're just yeah. going to keep it for the meme. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we're going to, we're going to leave it at that. I'm going to, of course, read off all the Patreon supporters as we've always uh, we always do. And we had some new ones, as we already mentioned, uh, some you know, beast all moving up in the world, but we've got a, a yeah, few new ones yeah. to mention. Uh, but also, once again, thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, wherever you're catching this, whether here it's here on Twitch or you're on YouTube or, or anywhere else. And if you do have the opportunity, as we always uh, do, we don't ask for much, but what we do ask is maybe let somebody else know about the podcast if you think that they'd be interested in listening to it. And, uh, and if you have the time, uh, you head on over to iTunes and, and give us a review because it's probably the best way to, to help us grow as a podcast at this given moment. Uh, Jeff and I will have the first series of uh, Retro Verses up for you probably before this has hit iTunes. So if you're listening to this right now, uh, you should be able to head on over to Patreon if you want to watch that stuff. Get in at the $5 tier or higher and be able to uh, to watch us play some of the shittiest games I've played in a long time that we played today. Uh, and it was pretty fun. It was, it was, it was hilarious. And you're going to have a really good time watching that, uh, for sure. So you can look forward to that. We will be back, uh, next week, uh, with episode nine, same time, same place, same bat channel. Uh, but yeah, that's it. Let's, let's give these gentlemen and ladies, I don't know if we actually have any ladies in this list. There's a new uh, $100 tier guy. I don't know if you added Oh, yeah. Oh, we got him. I got, okay. I got home. Nice. I got home good. and I was eating my dry ass sub in one hand because it was bread that was like four days old. In one hand, I had my sub. In the other hand, I was typing names into the Patreon producers list. So we got this right here. 1,000. Look at the size of Beastall's name. Look at that. Yeah, it's crazy. Oh, it's beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful. Beastall Kid 
for bringing it up at $1,000. For those of you that don't even know what that gets him, at this point, he's going to get a custom piece of artwork done in the style of youth of us three that you see on your screen right now, that same kind of archer-type style. He's going to have something done for him. We are then going to put his face on a poster with us three, and we are going to sign our sections of the poster off and then send that off to him as well as virtually every other thing that he gets access to in Patreons, including things like uh, merchandise, pins, stickers, uh, pins all stickers, all that stuff, all going his way. Uh, and, of course, our never-ending gratitude for being an absolute legend. So thank you so much, Beastall. Uh, Mr. Miyagi, also not fucking around. This is now moving on to his third month at the $250 tier, so that's not to be sneezed at either. Mr. Miyagi, thank you so much. And then all of our beautiful, wonderful people at the $100 tiers of Postal Panda, Draco, or Draco, depending on who you talk to, Adam B., Toad of Steel, Naley, J.A., Derek P., Jonathan A., Frycy, and Ice Wolfie. Thank you all, each and every one of you guys. Greatly appreciated. You're carrying the Patreon hard right now. Uh, and thank you to everybody else that's a Patreon supporter, regardless of what tier you're yes. at. It really does make a huge difference to us. It allows us uh, to all but eliminate the need close to it for having any other kind of monetization for this and uh, and still provide us with uh, with the support needed to, uh, to grow this podcast and continue to do it. So, ladies, once again, until we see you next week with more Technical Alpha, thank you very much for listening and watching. Uh, and if you're just, I'll throw this in before leaving. If you're listening to this on iTunes or otherwise and you want to catch us live, it is every Friday night, 8 p.m. Eastern Time over on twitch.tv slash Technical Alpha, where you can catch all of these shenanigans and see our reactions live and in real time as the dumpster catches fire over and over again. So, ladies... Until next time, peace. Bye.